This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Widmer. What's up, what's up, guys? Forgot your last name for a second. And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are going to be talking about our wet boys. Obviously, we're going to kick off with that. The typical weekly set topic where we talk about the wettest of dudes, dampest of uh, dudes, wettest of boys. Uh, the moistest of moistest men. Moistest of men. Strokiest of strokes. Uh, Soggiest of shooters. Did you say that Soggiest word? of shooters. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I knew there were some S's. Uh, we, we'll start off. <laughs> That uh, a first time uh, wet boy for this year. What? What is it? The strokiest of strokes. Strokiest of strokes. We got a lot of first timers on wet boy, so it should be fun. Then we're gonna jump into trade talk. The mess that was the Trevor Ariza trade and what the trade market looks like for this year. Now that the well, one of the bigger uh, fishes that are off the market. Then we'll jump into Jim Boylan, Chicago Bulls talk. It's Woo. a train wreck. It's yep. gonna be a mess. And then we'll welcome in our buddy Jake. Um, onto the podcast, and we're going to be talking about the Phoenix Suns and some Igor talk because Jake has a, a somewhat hot take uh, mm-hmm. about the Phoenix Suns head coach. But before we jump into that, if you do want to be a patron, you do want to come on to our podcast and give a hot take, whether it be on the Fast Break, the Onside Kick, the Rick and Johnny podcast, the Primetime podcast, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. You can be like Jake or our newest one of Sopius Muffins, Soapy Muffins, Muffins, Soapy Muffins, Muffins. Uh, and join uh, patreoncom slash Podcast. But boys, let's jump into Wet Boys, guys that balled out, had you know historic weeks, had had, had great games, uh, great performances. We uh, welcome them. We uh, we give them honors. We we give them the biggest of praises. And uh, we'll start off with Ricky Miller. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is not only a first-time wet boy this year, it's, but the it's first— a, No, it's a triple header for all of us. Oh, all okay. of us have first-time wet boys this year, and you do—I think both of you have first-time wet boys ever. Well, and also I was going to say I believe this is, for me, the first-time Brooklyn Net for this year. Because I don't think we've had a Brooklyn Net that's been a wet boy, Karis. correct? Was Karis a wet boy? Maybe did he get injured before? You have, you have the master I'll have thing. to put the— He didn't get injured before. He, I, he definitely had a shot when he was healthy. Yeah. No, I think Dave gave him one. Okay. I'm going to get a shot Maybe out. the second one. But Spencer Dinwiddie, like, had a great week this week. 58% from the field, 43% from three. But also, this is a double, like, double dipper of yeah. not only does he do that, gets a new contract as well. Gets a contract extension. He's going to be with the Nets until 2022. So just a great week for Spencer Dinwiddie. Great play. And he going to get, I'm going to say, going to get paid and stay with the Brooklyn Nets. And I was going to give him, uh, I was going to put $34 million, uh, under <laughs> under his thing yeah. too, but I, yeah. I did not do that. Uh, and uh, I, I got the thing pulled up and no, no Karis Levert. No Karis Levert. So this is the second, okay. uh, second um, net this year. And I think, Dave, you do have the first-timer. No, you have a second-timer, too, for the team. We had uh, Devonta yeah. Sabotas. Mm-hmm. But you do have a, a pacer. I'm giving some love to Thad Young. He has been playing out of his mind as of late. Four games, four wins. Results speak for themselves. He's put up 21-10-3, shooting a great rate at 55%, and 82% from the line. Pretty respectable. I, I like this Pacers team. They're one of the hottest teams in basketball right now, so I wanted to give them some love for all their awesomeness. I got one. It's a, it's a it's a small name. You small name? Some people don't know him. And I do have a first time team, so I will say that. Oh, okay. So this is a first time wet boy this year uh-huh. and a first time team. Uh Milwaukee Bucks, some guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo. I hope I said that right, because then I would sound <laughs> I'm like pretty a real sure it's asshole. a hard G, you know. Yeah, I, I've heard it that way somewhere. I've heard it that way somewhere before. <laughs> it's this podcast because we're idiots. Uh, yeah. but Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
Uh, and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks start put up 25 points per game, 14 total rebounds per game, seven assists, 63% from the field, and 40% from three. And that was on like 1.7 attempts yeah. per game. Uh, Giannis was absolutely fantastic. This was not his best week, um, but we did need to give him love. And after he dropped 44 uh, in his last game, uh, yesterday, I, I I had to give it to him because even even though James Harden had his fifty uh, point triple double, even though uh, Joe uh, had a, mm-hmm. a forty twenty uh, game last night too, Giannis has deserved some retroactive mm-hmm. wet boys, and he, Steph, he's going to get one today. I almost gave mine to Steph because he had a good week as well too. That's a joke for wet boy. No, he did. Plus, he I mean, but do you not remember the game he came back? He had like he was like three of seventeen. No, but like overall, <laughs> the stats were not terrible this week. Um, he had some good games, but he also not believe in the moon landing. I couldn't give it to him for this week. Yeah, he's, for the wet boy. He's a dry dude this week. <laughs> Did you one. see the intro they gave him? Yeah, for the Kings game. Yeah, yeah what they gave him. It was a moon landing, and like not the moon landing. It was literally just video of uh, you know obviously astronauts mm-hmm. on the moon, and there was like I forget the song to it, but it was basically all about you know landing on the moon, and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It was mm-hmm. it was hilarious, and like. Steph looked up and just started busting out laughing as soon as he saw like the whole the whole Warriors team was dying. It's great. That's the thing with Steph. Like, yeah, he had two thirty eight and thirty five games, but then that that Toronto game where you lose by twenty and you go three of twelve from the field, two of eight from three. I think that takes you out of contention yeah, for one plus. bad game. I mean, it's Steph. that's a really it's bad a game. bad game. Ten points. You have more turnovers than assists. That's a bad game. Uh, that's not wet boy weather, but he's not a wet boy, so that's why. Um, yep. And finally, uh, we typically uh, lump these together in our wet boys. Uh, shout out to Giannis, uh, Thad Young, and Spencer Didwitty. Uh, but we do do the uh, fantasy recap, and it's been a good week for the fast mm-hmm. break. Yeah. We are now in fourth place. We have 87 points. Climbing. Um, we fourth are climbing. And we jumped up one. Huh. We, we have a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah. Because there might have been a trade that has gone down. Yes. And Andre Drummond might not be on our team. We don't want to spoil it until the mm-hmm. end of the podcast because we did already pre-record the thing with Jake. Um, but we, uh, we 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 do have a, have some news that uh, we won't spoil yet. But it's going to be a good time uh, for our team, and uh, we think that you know the biggest thing that we're struggling right now is free throw uh, percentage. It's the only thing that we're not uh, like everything else. We're above midpoint. Mm-hmm. You want to hear something weird? I'm not going to spoil it, but the person we offered the trade to also proposed it to us. So in our pending move, it's oh, yeah, no, you sent one, that. and then he sent yeah, one. Yeah, so. um, But I didn't spoil it, because I, yeah. I said Jake, um, oh, okay. but, but the trade. Okay. So it is Drummond, but uh, we, we're not going to spoil the whole how it went down, because mm-hmm. it went down pretty uh, naturally. Uh, but <laughs> uh, field goals made, we are uh, fourth place. We have uh, we have fourth, fourth place field goal percentage. We are sixth place. Um, free throw percentage, we are uh, third to last. Um, three <laughs> point made, we are fifth place. Um, then thirty point percentage, we are fourth place. Rebounds, we are third. Uh, assists, we are fourth. Steals, we are fifth. Blocks, we are tight for f- sixth. Uh, and then points, we are uh, fourth. And you fifth. said we are fourth overall. Yeah, fourth or overall. fifth overall. Um, well, it updated today, so we're minus one point five. Yeah, right, mine we, we has... changed we changed one point five today on the standings. But if you go to my team, it says we're in fourth. Okay, so that's well... that's before today's action. Okay. So, so before today's action, we were in fourth place and now points. currently we're at fifth. Well, again, it's still being played. But yeah, but that's not over yet. So I mean, okay. we could be back up to fifth, fourth place by the end of the night because right. someone might have a bad day. So at least right now, before everything is done and over with, fourth place 
87 points. Um, so I don't think we really need to make moves because the biggest thing was Drummond. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And now we have uh, Gary Harris is out. That's the big thing. Um, he's going to be out for about three to four weeks, which and is going to hurt us a little bit. And then uh, DeMarcus is coming back soon. He's been course, playing the G League. Dave, reading off Drummond uh, stats for today, trying to talk you out of that trade. I'm I I just, I like. just reading off good numbers for Drummond. He had, he had himself a game against Boston. He's going to have well, a the thing good is, game before we trade his ass. The thing is, is that, again, like, He's <laughs> it's free throw percentage. Sucks. It's it's he won seven to nine today, but that's an anomaly. Yeah, and Don't believe uh, in it. He uh, he he. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Demarcus did dunk, but apparently uh, his uh, G League thing has been delayed. So that's not. Good oh science. no. Yeah. Uh, reports. Uh, he began practicing with the G League in Santa Cruz, but uh, Warriors debut was likely delayed until February. What? What? Told the you. fuck? What did I tell you? Probably not moving as well as he wants right now. After what did I tell you? Man's taking fuck. every. Time off opportunity. He can't. Like I'm, everybody else who's had this injury has come back already. Mm-hmm. He's milking this shit. I'm getting a little annoyed. When you said he'll be back by December, I'm like, no way, dude. He'll be back in Christmas. No, I'm like, no way. He'll be back late January, early February. That's what I've always been saying. Garbage. Final question. Because everyone else who's had this Do injury we trade has him? come back. No. Final question. Dirk played six minutes last night. Do we pick him up? Hey, he's a top, top time power forward. Pick him up. I mean, he's gonna help free throw percentage. He's gonna help. Free throw. He helps percentages. The dude's fucking yeah. efficient. Yeah, not gonna help blocks, but not gonna help blocks. We'll think about it. All right, that's gonna do it for our fantasy and what boy uh, update. Top ten power forward, man. That's all I gotta say. Let's move now into the Trevor Ariza trade. Wizards get Trevor Ariza. Suns get Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre, and that's not after a ton. A ton of garbage that went on. It was supposed to be a three-trade deal uh, that was going to send Wayne Selden, uh, I believe, Oubre to the. Uh, it was going to send Wayne Selden to the. Uh, Suns, Rivers to the Suns, and then it was going to send one of the Brooks, Marshawn or Dylan to the Suns, and then Ubre to the uh, Grizzlies, and then the Wizards were going to get Ariza, and there were some picks that were thrown in there as well. Right. But the Suns were really hung up on which Brooks they were getting, either Marshawn or Dylan. The Grizzlies <laughs> did not want to give up Dylan Brooks; they wanted to give up Marshawn. The Suns thought they were getting Dylan. Uh, and then the the Grizzlies ended up pulling out when they uh, wanted uh, when the Suns thought they were, were pretty much set on getting Dylan. Uh, so that was one of the best trade moments where there was the rumors and you know the Woj bomb drops that Trevor Reese is getting traded to the Washington Wizards, and then it's like, oh no, Dylan. And then John Gambardo of the uh, Suns was like, no, it's it's Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is going to the Suns, and Woj is like, I'm hearing Marshawn. And then it comes out that you know it's just a big mess and the whole fucking yeah. Deal's watching dead. Woj's like tweet history was hilarious yesterday. Fantastic. Uh, so we end up getting the trade. Uh, quick grades on this: Wizards get Ariza, Suns get uh, Rivers and and Ubre. I don't think it's a huge thing for either teams because obviously I don't think the Wizards are now you know NBA championship contenders by getting Trevor Ariza and the Suns. I don't think this is going to change mm-hmm. their future too much because uh, Uber is pending RFA. C minus all around, maybe. Like it's not good. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad. It's right in the middle. Like hmm. Kelly Ubre. Like we'll see what happens with his RFA. Austin Rivers is just let's get rid of him at the end of the year. And I don't think Trevor Ariza on the one year does anything for Washington. This year, even though it's like, are they going to trade John Wall? Does this mean they're going to keep him in Beal? I don't think it changes anything with Washington. I think it's better for the Suns just because you could still trade Ubre. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing is that Ubre still has some capital, which I think is big. And then maybe I think the one saving grace for the Wizards is it happens so early, right, literally at the deadline, he could be traded. Right when he's available to be traded, he gets moved on the fifteenth. Um, I think that might be interesting too because yeah. if the Wizards aren't contention in mm-hmm. contention by February, maybe they look to trade him again. So 
Um, and if it is in a, a one-for-one deal, they can do that for True. both teams. So I, I think that it's it, it could be it's yet to be determined because mm-hmm. you know hey maybe the Wizards are able to turn that into a pick or something. Uh, maybe they're able to turn that into a young player. I, I think know, it'd be interesting. The Suns didn't want to trade him to L.A., but you know the Wizards might have no problem trading him to the Los Angeles Lakers. But what are they going to get for him realistically from the Lakers? I mean, right now like, the Lakers don't want to trade their core, and the Lakers probably aren't going to do that. Unless they strike out in free agency this upcoming year. Dave, what do you think about the, the whole I, deal? I'm going to go uh, probably C-pluses. C-pluses, both sides. There, there's upside, there's potential, like you said, that the potential to move both of these guys again, obviously Ubre and uh, Trevoriza, potential there. So that, that we could. That we could continue flipping if both these teams don't like the fit. Um, I like the move because it gets uh, Trevoriza to a team where his veteran presence hopefully will be good because... Austin Rivers needed to get out of that locker room. It was already cancerous enough on its own. Him there, talking publicly, made it worse. Him talking locker room made it worse, and that was pretty clear. So I think that Trevor Reza comes in as a professional and tries to settle things down a little bit there as like the new guy, and hopefully that works out well for the Wizards because they're a team that I, I want to like you, but mm-hmm. you just suck. Um, and then obviously for the Suns, it's let's see if... like uber has been trying really hard this year, which is unfortunate because his basketball IQ is terrible. And he takes some really bad, ill-advised shots sometimes. So, yes, his shooting percentage is up from two. His three-point percentage is down. But, like, I'd like to see what he can do. They're still full on wings. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if playing time is going to be interesting. Uh, well, Uber is nah. two with three-pointers. It's, like, it's very close to what it was last year. Like, he was making 1.6 on 4.6 attempts. Right. Now he's 1.4 on 4.6 attempts. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he has, you know, two good games. And he's back up to three, sure. 34%. So I don't think it's terrible with that, and especially what he was doing early on in his career. It's definitely a step in improvement. He is a much better shooter than what he was. Yeah. Um. So I think he could still be interesting for teams, but I don't think he's anything that's going to ever He's high-effort defense. And that's one nice thing, because, like, you watch what Melton did since he came to the Sun, or since he's been starting or gained more than 20 minutes a night on the Suns, um, their defense has dramatically improved. So you add in Ubre, who is another guy who is going to give you a lot of effort on defense. I think it's culturally probably the right move, because you saw Ariza checked out. Yeah. After Chandler moved, Ariza was not too far after that. So I think it's a good move. The one thing, though, and obviously this is a big shift that now Ariza's off the board. He was the biggest fish, I think, in most people's mind, at least yeah. the first to go. Um, people were expecting him to be the first domino to fall. He fell. Now the question is, what do teams like the Lakers, like the 76ers, if Ariza's fully off the board and the Wizards are going to keep him, um, what do they look to do? What what players do they go after? And are there any big names that we aren't talking about yet that could possibly be available that we should keep on there? So two questions. Um, what are playoff teams going to look for? What players are they going to look for? And then let's also make like a top wish list of like the best mm-hmm. players available, we think, during trades. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Dave about the playoff teams, and Ricky, we're going to go to you for the the top five, at least in your mind. So Dave, we'll go to you. What players do you think could help out a bench like the 76ers, like uh, Jake's going to talk about a little bit later? What, you know, Bench players could be could be good. What rotation guys could be good. What late season additions might be you know small, but you know end up meaning a ton to a team like Boston, L.A., Philadelphia, Toronto, Lakers, etc. What players do you think are, are those type of players? I think that you have to kind of look for guys who are fringe players on their own team right now. Guys who maybe a Jeff Green on that Washington say they continue to struggle, and this trade deadline gets closer and closer. Like he's a guy who is a capable bench player in the NBA. He's happy a six seven man. And he can give you some really good nights. His problem is consistency. But like when he delivers, like Jeff Green goes like full monster mode. It's awesome when he pops off. So he's a guy who I'd it's look like at. It's like three times a year. 
still he's a guy <laughs> who can provide you but like on the when he's coming off the bench like you don't need him to be dropping 15 a For night sure. but he can give you 10 a night no problem mm-hmm. like he gets you boards he's a decent facilitator well it was funny too watching him in the Cavs last year because like sometimes you're oh like there was when he was really good you were like there's two one, lebrons which one's lebron yeah there, literally <laughs> i remember that conversation with you it was great um he's a guy who i think is really interesting i think of the pelican struggle uh i Mm, no, I take that back. What? What were you gonna say? I take it back. I take it back. I, were I'm you not, gonna I'm throw not shipping, out AD? I'm not shipping people off teams. I yes. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna throw out <laughs> AD, but I don't want to blow that load yet. Like that's that's a guy who he needs his own thing. Mm-hmm. So no, I I think that you have to look at these wings and go. All right, well, Stanley Johnson and his bench roll now. He's actually popped off a couple games. If Detroit doesn't look like they're gonna be a playoff team, I look at them to sell because he's a guy on that final year of his rookie deal who has under underperformed. We all expected him. We knew he could play defense. We were like, oh, he's like a shot away from being a quality player in the NBA. Let's see if he can pull this out. And he's actually had some decent offensive performances since coming off the bench. Maybe it was kind of a wake-up call for him. Maybe Blake Griffin stretching the floor more has helped him out. But he's a guy who, if they struggle, I could see him being shipped. And the last guy I look at, it hurts me, uh, Dorian Finley-Smith actually because I, I i would love if uh the mavs can make the playoffs because mm-hmm. luca uh literally that easy but i don't think that they will I, I don't feel like he's i feel like he's a guy who has enough quality to be a bench role player come and play meaningful minutes and contribute like we're going for bench depth right now you don't need us you're not aiming for a star necessarily so i'm going for guys in expiring deals basically yeah. so that's my take and he's a guy that's you know three and d ish you know he, yeah. he fits that mold athletic kid um, was drafted not too long ago, um, but you know maybe they even make that question too with the with the Mavs. I mean, how much is he actually going to be worth um, when he does hit the open market? I mean, Wes Johnson, same thing. You know the guy who? Well, he's much younger than Wes Johnson. No, but I'm saying like those are they could literally get rid of both of those guys if they don't look like a playoff team by that mm-hmm. point. But my thing is with Finney, Finney Smith, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My Bless bad. You. Do they have him in, in his, their future plans? Because if he is cheaper, he is only twenty five. Yep. So that's the one guy I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Okay. Um, but Ricky, big hitters. Come on, that's mm-hmm. that, that's the type of guy you are. You're you're thinking big every I, time. every single trade. You are thinking massive. I'll so be, give us your top five. I'll be completely honest. I don't need like right now. You ask me who's the next domino to fall. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking like what what names that are big you think can be traded. I don't have, like, with me, I don't have a top five. It's not like a this player, this player, this player. For me, it's all different teams doing different things. The only two I can think of that I would be like, yes, a team could target is a guy like KCP with the LA Lakers or a guy like J.R. Smith with Cleveland. Those aren't sexy guys. They're not sexy names. J.R., we remember him for LeBron doing this. That's what we remember J.R. for. Mm -hmm. So it's not a good image, but... I look at it to where what team is either going to, with KCP, it's like shooting and defense with JR, the shooting that when he is on fire, he is one of the better shooters in this league. What kind of a team is going to be like, hey, we need to add something like that and makes a run at those players. All the other things I'm looking at are specific team where it's like this team, for example, Dave brought up AD. I'm not looking at an AD trade. But what about the Pelicans going, hey, we have to make a trade to bring in a guy where I'm looking um, right here from the SB Nation site for uh, the Pelicans, the birdrights.com. They're saying that, like, 
the Pelicans are eyeing guys like Darren Collinson or Corey Joseph in order to entice <coughs> AD to stay with them, not hey, we got to get rid of AD, we got to move him. No, we got to find guys now like a Jeremy Lin, a Trey Burke, a Bazemore, who can maybe come in, help this team win, help this team get into better contention so that AD wants to stay with the Pelicans when his contract is up so they don't have to trade him to like a Boston at the end of the year. All right, well, I'll give, I will give a top five oh. um, just to help out. Yeah. Uh, I, number one, I think, you know, obviously you guys aren't throwing out AD, which I think is smart because obviously mm-hmm. he needs to, I think he's going to definitely entertain the Supermax idea um, and he will be eligible for that this year. So I think yeah. we're, we're at least going to see him finish out the year uh, in New Orleans. And then once he signs that, then maybe he starts pushing for that trade. Um, but I think it's going to be more of, I'm going to get my money first, then the we'll Chris see. The Chris Paul signing trade about, deal? Exactly. Um, we'll see about, you know, getting my money. Uh, number one's Kemba Walker. Dude's unrestricted. Dude, if he feels like he can, you know, go after, help a team, he is number one player right now to like get traded. I feel like they're trying to win with him right now. I feel like they don't want to trade five. him. Give him my top five. And right now it's December, and if they, they do got not— Bridges, they got Monk, they got Kemba, they got the start of something there. Here's my thing, though, is that they are still young. His value's never going to be higher because he's an unrestricted free agent. And yeah. if they are not a playoff team by February, I think he is definitely the top one trade you know, trade bait out there because, again, if they make an offer that the Hornets cannot refuse because they do have that young mm-hmm. core and they're going to help add to that young core, I think if Kemba's willing to be moved because sure. maybe he does want to just stay in Charlotte um, and he will resign, um, if they do feel like he will resign, then maybe this isn't the number one. But if they're iffy on that, they're not a playoff team, I think he's number one trade option. Uh, number two is Bradley Beal. Obviously, we've heard things about Washington. If they're not making a push, they do fall out there. I think Bradley Beal is still enticing three years for a very good player. It's a good deal right there, 24 uh, over the next three years. I think he's probably number two. Then you look at Terry Rozier at three. He's a guy that's very interested on that restricting deal. Right now, Boston's playing well, but hey, maybe they'll look to move him because Mm -hmm. they don't think they'll be able to resign him. I think, again, looking at February, that's going to be a guy you look out for. Um, Number four. I will go John Wall just because same reason as uh, Bradley Beal, but he's lower obviously because of that uh, you know horrible contract. Mm-hmm. And then five, if the Jazz are not doing well, Ricky Rubio. Hmm. If Ricky Rubio is available, he's an unrestricted free agent. I think that's one guy you definitely have to look out for because we saw what Rondo was able to do um, for the Pelicans last year in the playoff game. Obviously, different player because Rondo's better defensively, but moving the ball wise, being a leader, helping a second unit, Ricky yeah. Rubio, come on, it'd be insane. Uh, so I think that'd be my top five in Kemba. In good old, uh, who was my number two? Uh, Bradley Beal <laughs> in number three uh, being uh, Terry Rozier, four being John I Wall, mean, and five being Ricky Rubio. The thing I just think about, though, is like Kemba is different because he's going to be expiring. And obviously, if you don't trade him by the trade deadline, you're basically playing with fire. It's basically mm-hmm. we either re-sign you or you're walking for nothing. But for the guys on your list, because there were a few of them that have those extra years— I wonder if it's going to be like a situation where I'm seeing even with J.R. Smith, who I mentioned, where it's like, hey, because you're not expiring, we're not going to just trade you for anything. So if we don't get the right deal by the trade deadline, for example, like a John Wall Bradley Beal, is that deal going to get done this year by the trade deadline? Or is it going to be a, nope, didn't get the deal we want, we're going to keep you this year, come draft time after the first of the year this offseason, then we're our first of the league season, I should say. So July first. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to make a trade. We're going to move you this off season, and not necessarily during the season. That's why for me, it's like I don't feel like last year and years past we've had definitive like 
this guy is going to be traded, and we have those segments like, oh, like for DeMarcus Cousins with the Kings. Oh, who's going to trade for DeMarcus Cousins? It was like a monthly segment for us because the Kings wouldn't want to move him. I just don't know if, like Bradley Beal and John Wolf, the Wizards are going to for sure move one of them by the trade deadline. Well, that's the thing is, that's why, again, like, the, this is the guys that mm-hmm. could be traded. I'm not saying these guys mm-hmm. are being definitely traded. Big these guys there. are definitely <laughs> being traded. But these are the guys that, again, if if a team thinks that they can help them mm-hmm. and they have the assets to move for them and they think that they can put them over the top, then those are definitely going to be guys that it. are being called about yeah. that can be moved. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, fucking Blake Griffin can be moved. He's probably not going to be because I think Detroit mm-hmm. wants to keep him. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, there's like Markel Fultz. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what he's going to be like. And, and maybe the you know Philadelphia Sixers think he fits into the the, 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 the fucking team once he gets mm-hmm. his uh, whole well, shoulder thing figured out. So that's that's why I wasn't throwing those guys out there. I don't want to throw guys mm-hmm. that probably aren't going to be traded at all or guys that, you know, we don't really know their future. Yeah. These guys, we kind of know their future. Mm-hmm. We, we've, obviously, they're very talented players and could help a team. That's why they're on this list. It's funny you bring up. Terry Rosier, though, because I'm looking at an article um, that mentions that Zach Buckley from Bleacher Report has mentioned that, and this is in the past they've targeted him too, but that this year the Celtics, not targeting AD, could target Nikola Vucevic from the Magic. And what he has written down is um, basically that Rosier could be within that deal and is normal Ricky fashion, I have a trade for you guys. So Boston... They just get Vucevic. That's all they get. But because of his contract, they would have to send Morris, Rosier, Robert Williams, and then um, Wanamaker over to the Magic just to make that contract work. Just to be able to take on his $12.7 million that he has this year in Nikola Vucevic. Now, don't take this the wrong way, Mm -hmm. but why in God's green fucking earth would they do that trade? Why would they give up Morris, who's one of their best players this year mm-hmm. so far? Robert Williams, who's a very promising young player. Um, and, and and then also Terry Rozier, who can Sean, get them much more than Boots. Sean, you, you know how my trades work. I kind of, the first one, I make the think money work, it. and then we Just, work from there. You could think about it. And though. we work from there. That's not, if, that's but, the worst, that's, that's, I think that might be one of the worst then, trades you ever throw then let me ask you. Then let me ask you this. Could the Celtics, in your mind, Make a move for Nikola Vucevic and bring him on instead of a what everyone else is saying. Then go for AD. My thing is with Vuce is I don't know how exactly he helps them. Like yes, he's been playing very well so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he adds that ability to stretch the floor a little bit at that five. But you look at you know good old Al Horford, who Dave always wants you to put respect on his name. He does that. And obviously, yeah. Al's a little bit older. Al hasn't been extremely healthy this year. But I think those two players are very similar overlapping. And then you also have Aaron Baines off the bench who provides that back and forth. And you have Robert Williams. So then you're hurting your young player, Robert Williams, uh, who's not going to who's going to get less playing mm-hmm. time if you get Vucevic. And then also Aaron Baines. Well, Robert Williams was, would be in the deal. You'd be sending him to the Magic. Okay, but I... I there, there's got to be a way you can make because, that trade work because if if the, if Danny Ainge called up and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, what if you want for Vucevic?" and they were like, "Oh, hey, we want like you know X player," and mm-hmm. Danny was like, "Hey, well, we were thinking about t- Terry Rozier, Robert Williams, and Marcus Morris," they'd be like, "Yeah, we'll do that." Then what you then what would probably need to be is you'd need a third team to make that work money wise because other, like looking at the contracts on Boston, if I take Morris out of the deal. And just have Wanamaker, Williams, and Rosier. You're about what seven mil 
short on that one. So maybe you'd need a third team. And the reason why Bleacher Report brought it up Mm -hmm. was because, um, like they list here, and Boston still needs help on offense, 18th in efficiency, and the glass, 17th in rebounding. Vucevic has never been better equipped to provide it. But they've also, you know, been struggling early in the season, but they've also just mm-hmm. went on a great run. I mean, they just lost tonight against the uh, the Pistons, but before that they had an eight-game win streak. So I, I think that making a move like that, especially The Pistons getting... who got two guys who can rebound the ball in Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. How worried are you about out, being out-rebounded in the playoffs, though? Against the top teams. Wasn't that one this, of their biggest strengths last year? No, this was one of their weaknesses yeah, last it's year. it's been a weakness there. They, they, they weren't able to rebound at all last year. They were mm-hmm. one of the worst rebounding teams last year. And they still are. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's so much to get rid of in your future. Maybe maybe you yeah. don't go out and get it, but again, like if you're if you're keeping Voos out there, you're keep, and that's why they got Aaron Baines, too, mm-hmm. to, to rebound. Uh, but if you do get rid of Voos, um, or if you do get, get Voos, again, I think you're just hurting your team and the team that you built. Um, I don't really think he's helping it because it's such the same player. Like you're just swapping Al Horford and Voos every single you know time they go in and out, and I don't think it's really changing the team dynamic. I think when you make hmm. a trade, you need to trade you know change the dynamic. Like when you got Dennis Rodman for the Bulls, you changed. You brought physicality. You brought toughness. Mm-hmm, you brought yeah. a crazy mentality out there. Like you needed something else than just Bill Cartwright no, or you right. know Will Purdue. Like you needed to change the mentality. You yeah. need to make a trade to shake things up a bit. I think bringing Voos isn't really going to shake things up a bit. Yeah, that's why I go different different route. I go for a guy who's been underperforming on his current team in Tyreek Evans. It was a team with Indiana who is doing really well right now. I just talked about him in Wet Boys, and I, I want to move him. He's a guy who's not limited up to what he did last year, obviously, and I sort of call that shit. Uh, I'm just going to go pat on the shoulder for myself there. <laughs> um, but I would look at a team like the Thunder to go after him and maybe move Abrinas, and they've got that exception for Carmelo Anthony's contract, and maybe I think they need another piece. But they trade was so good for OKC. You get an <laughs> exception, you get fucking Schroeder. That was an insanely great trade, but yeah. keep going. So what you get is you get a great bench player for OKC who can ball handle and who can score some. The question is, like, how much of a return to form are we going to see? Is the 10 points a game what we're seeing right now out of him in Indianapolis? The, the Is that the new him? 36, 34, 78 hours shooting splits. 10 points, three boards, two assists. Like, he's not been the player they'd hoped him to be, and his playing time has suffered because of that. Like, rightfully so. Like, you don't play mm-hmm. up, you don't get minutes. So, could they flip him for someone like a Brenus and like a future pick or something, where Brenus is a guy who can shoot pretty well from the outside? Yeah. So, it hurts the Thunder's uh, spacing, but it gives them another active ball handler on that team, which I feel like Schroeder needs some help because they're, they've not been able to stay healthy as a whole team. So, he bounces in and out of the starting lineup. And having a veteran on that team like Tyreek Evans, I think would be an absolutely fantastic addition for that bench unit and provide them with some interesting laughs because he still can be a decent defender on the wing. So, like, I think that gives them a flexibility and something that they might need come playoff time. Yeah, I, I think, like, when you bring that up, then I was like, well, what about Rubio just because he can handle the ball so well? But then right. I think there's too much of an overlap between exactly. him and, and Schroeder. Um, so but, again, with Reek, I wasn't too sold on his Memphis thing. I was twenty five and five, baby, just like rookie year. Dead mm-hmm. set that they were like, should have traded him. I don't know why. I also <laughs> yeah. don't know what it is with Memphis just getting players and they produce crazily. Like well, I, they, I mean, they're destroyed by G League talent. So one guy's got to stand out, I guess. But even then, like they were, I don't know, <laughs> Marshawn like, Brooks. But but I mean, Marshawn Brooks for those ten games, t- reek last year. Yeah. Um. But even right now, I mean, like 
Conley's doing great. Uh, Gasol's well, doing Conley great. And that's because they're great like players. Static, but, yeah. but also, they've been injured so much that we're, we're shocked by their performances. Yep. Um, I just think that the, they've done consistently well, and this is with three different head coaches. Yeah. Uh, this was with, you know, uh, Bickerstaff now, uh, good old Fisdale, and then before that, Jaeger. So, like, yeah. they've been able to just bring guys in and they just produce. And that's been throughout, you know, uh, the throughout their... is not the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Like, Reek is an interesting one because obviously it was a one deal. Indiana, I want to get Indiana something good value. And the problem is, like, there's but, not much value left on that um, OKC team. So, it's like. How does Abrinas, that help Indiana, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, Abrinus and, like, a future pick is basically all I can do for them. Because I think that that's basically the asking price for a player who Tyreek Evans is now, what is he, like 30? Is he 30 now? I don't even know his age. Uh, Reek, yeah. 29 and 87 days. Okay, so yeah. So he's he'll be turning 30 next year. And it's like, all right, you've got a guy who clearly is past the point of, you know, no return in his career. Like, And the one thing, too, with, like, the Abrinas thing is, like, you know, McDermott is on the team, too, and he's kind of filling that role that Abrinas would fill. Um, you know, he's shooting forty something percent from three um on the year. Like he's he's yeah, Brings he's is be, a streaky shooter. He's not he's shooting thirty one percent from three, but like we've seen him be able to shoot up better than mm-hmm. that. Last year he was shooting thirty eight percent. That's probably where he will be when once he gets the main again. I think Indiana needs just more toughness on their team. Like they, really? they need someone to block shots. And you know, Miles Turner isn't really that guy. Um Sabonis is Sabonis um, but and Thad Young. I th- I, <laughs> they I think too good force. Yeah, but, I mean maybe they even well, looked to Sabonis trade. is a five, but Maybe they'll like trade Miles Turner. I mean, he's That's... he's a young player. Maybe he needs a, a a change because he isn't extremely great. Like he he has so much potential. It's he's got so much athleticism. He's got so much length, but it really hasn't seemed like it clicked so far in, in Indiana with him. Like his he, after a sophomore year, he's just gone down in production every single year. He yeah. went from fifty one percent from the field to forty seven to forty eight this year. Um, from three went from thirty four uh to thirty five to thirty five. Uh, which you know might not sound too much, but like he shot a ton last year, shot two point four, then went back down to one point seven. Like he's been streaky, went from fourteen point five points per game in 2017 and he's been sitting around twelve uh, the past two years. I just wonder like what he brings really, because I mean he's got so much length, he's got two point one eight blo- or two point eight blocks uh, per game, but he is pretty soft down low. Like he's not a f- super physical guy, he's not going to line a ton. So I-, I wonder like what his true peak is um, and what he really brings to the table, like. Is he just going to be like a Hassan Whiteside with a shot? Mm-hmm. Um, like, because he's not really, Whiteside's not reason really tough. I don't know if um, people are going to, I don't know if Pacers fans are going to like that. I think uh, I think you're pissing off some Pacers fans. Talk about trading Miles Turner. Because I, I, for me, they still seem, and this is outside perspective from like general news, but it's like, it seems like people really want him to be the guy on that team to help Victor Oladipo. Like that, that yeah, one no, too. And I, I, think I just he, don't know that. He has potential. Like yeah, that's what. That's all he is, though. Like he hasn't shown that level to be the next guy. So that's I'm rocking, why I'm bringing I'm rocking that up. Sabonis. I would. I would take Sabonis over Turner five times out of five. Yeah, that's why I'm saying trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm saying what, it's an unpopular. That's why I'm not saying trade Sabonis. Unpopular opinion, but yeah. Um, and then the final one is uh, Jabari Parker. We're going to talk about it a little yeah. bit. Uh, but real quick, is there a trade market for Jabari Parker? Um, maybe somewhere. Somewhere there is. It's, it's only the great thing about it. Is it's only a one year because the option's a club option. So yeah. like a team can trade for him and then get rid of it the next year. The one question I wanted to ask just really quickly here at the end was about the Wizards, but not John Wall or Bradley Beal. Can the Wizards do what they did with Kelly Oubre with Otto Porter Jr.? Is there a team that would because like I'm seeing like there's some teams that were interested in him, 
Will there be one team that seeks out to take the Kelly Oubre contract, even though he hasn't necessarily played up the to Otto that Porter. contract? The Otto Porter um, contract. I think it's just different because Oubre was on a one-year like expiring mm-hmm. RFA deal. It was the um, Kings, by the way, which were interested in him. Yeah, and with 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 Porter having twenty-seven and twenty-eight mil uh, mm-hmm. coming up, I don't I don't think that's going to be. Something that like he's an interesting name, but I think it's mm-hmm. more likely that Bradley Beal, who's on a cheaper contract mm-hmm. and is a much better player, uh, gets moved just because he is a guy that can extremely help a team. He's not struggling, and he's got a great contract, a better contract mm-hmm. uh, than Otto Porter. So I think that's the one thing is like there's still better options on that that team. He might be the second best option uh, in some ways because you're not going to be paying him 47 million dollars as a 33 year old, uh, but like John Wall, so maybe he is an option on that Wizards team. But if they're not looking even to you know trade right. they're looking to mm-hmm. buy like they just did with Ariza then maybe you're not even thinking about Otto Porter so uh totally you swap that... Wiggins for John Wall solve all <laughs> the problems for the Wizards does that solve any problems for the Timberwolves T-Wolves? absolutely because I'm a real point guard I mean the biggest problem really is my point guard and Derek Rose Derek Rose is coming off the bench yeah, yeah. Derek Rose <laughs> Teague Teague is the guy who I, I think mm-hmm. you move Teague somewhere else, like the Suns, and you soak up John Wall. You get rid of Wiggins' long-term contract. Didn't you take on another long-term contract, a longer-term contract? Yeah, but I would rather have a point guard with a long-term contract than Wiggins' contract because Wiggins just flat-out has not produced and has been given multiple opportunities too. I think Wiggins is going to be younger at the end of that contract than John Wall is now. Yes. So I don't care. John I'd rather Wall, take that. John Wall, I don't care. I'd rather take Akogi, that. Rocco, Cat. Like that. Oh, he hasn't been getting consistent minutes though. But I think he will at some point. Like he won't be a rookie next year. Tibbs will play. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot logic that, Sean. If Tibbs is know. still there. If Tibbs is still there. But I think I no. Know. But think about that deal because it's two big contracts, and it gives a long term. And I know the problem is Auto Porter's contract. Then because you're stuck with like we got Porter and Wiggins. There's no overlap. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wins. I just made both teams worse. <laughs> yeah. Dave just wants Wiggins again. I want moved. to move Wiggins. I want to move John Wall. And I just figured, why not for each other? Could you trade him internationally? Send him to Real Russia. Real Madrid? Russia. Even. Oh, you want to go Russia? Anywhere. Oh, I, what, he'd be the highest what, what player in Europe. What if we saw an outer league trade where they take out, they bring back Sergio Rodriguez and Rudy Fernandez Ooh. for Andrew Wiggins? I'd, oh. I'd do it. I'd get the itch. I'd do it. All right. Uh, final thoughts on the trade market. I it's going to be interesting because like I don't think the big names are going to move and I don't think the smaller names are going to be sexy enough to be like man that's a great trade it's just going to be like wow they got a good they got a piece that can help them It's going to be more. like Trevor Ariza going to the yeah, Wizards. Exactly. Yeah, be like a meh. Uh, I wonder Denver quietly rehabbing IT. If he comes back they're in first place right now. Monty yeah. Morris has been, been playing fantastic. really well. No best assist to turnover ratio like ever or something like that. Do you think that if IT comes back, they give him enough minutes to look healthy, that uh, a team would throw some catch their way. No, I think I think that think IT does bring monster? something. Yeah, I think that he brings something that Monty he, he has an doesn't. Factor that you know we, yeah. we have seen in the past. If he if he comes back and plays well, I think he can stay. They're, they're, they're going to hold him over. It, it depends on how he gels with that team. True, because if he does comes back and plays well, I don't see a reason why you get rid of him. Just it's not a one-year deal, but the reason you brought him in was to help him, help your team. Yeah, and if he's going to help but your team, if they're already in first place without him, yeah, but you wouldn't want to. You want to mess with the but mojo. Then, but then, what if Monty Morris starts struggling? Then you could. Then you have the ability to go to Isaiah Thomas. I, I think with that—that's okay. a deal that isn't dangerous because you, you're not losing on that much value. Because okay. like, what would teams realistically give up for Isaiah Thomas? 
you know. You never know. For, but that's the thing is, like, if you're saying you never know because if, if he IT plays well. If comes back and limited minutes puts up, like, 14 and three assists in, like, but then, 20 minutes a night. But if he's doing officially, then I don't see the Nuggets getting rid of him. Because then they're like, well, fuck, we could be a finals team. That's a lot of guards. It's a lot of guards. That's all I'm saying is that they're a team where I, I look at them and I go, they're already they're, doing good. Well, their biggest problem, team, too, is health. So I, I don't think they would get rid of depth. I just think they're they're a young team, and I don't think he would. he's in the long-term plans anyway. No. And I don't, I don't think they're th- expecting to win a championship this year. So I would go and move him for some piece towards the future. My my final thing is yeah. just that I, I don't think that he's going to be like if he's that good I don't see a reason to get rid of him because if you can make the NBA finals and you're just uh, trying to strike for it just tr- why and not hope that somebody else gets yeah. injured and if and if he and if he leaves then you know oh well he's okay. not a part of our long term plan so it's not like a crushing blow to our franchise I respect it um yeah I, I don't think a big name's going to be moved but I hope it does because it's going to make it more exciting mm-hmm. but let's move into the next topic and that is the Chicago Bulls mess that we are in. Uh, we haven't been able to talk about Fred Hoiberg being fired mm-hmm. uh, and Jim Boylan being hired as the new G- uh, Bulls head coach. We haven't been able to talk about the riot or uh, at least the strike that the <laughs> Bulls tried to put on uh, where they said we had a players-only meeting after mm-hmm. he wanted to uh, practice us at a, after a back-to-back and Jim Boylan was like, no, that wasn't a players' meeting. We called that meeting. Uh, and then, obviously, now the big news coming out that Jabari Parker— uh, yeah, he met with Zach, mm-hmm. and then now the big news that Jabari Parker is now taken out of the re- rotation uh, for the Chicago Bulls, and news that uh, good old Zach Levine is going to be missing two games uh, at least mm-hmm. uh, with an ankle injury. So a lot going on with the Chicago Bulls. We'll start backwards, and we'll start with Jabari mm-hmm. Parker. Uh, we'll start with what should the Bulls do with Jabari <laughs> Parker. Ricky, I'll go to you first. Oh, what do you think? man. First off, the funny thing is two things. First off, the Horace Grant reaction when it's Class. like, yeah, he's being taken out of the rotation, and he's just like, "Woo, okay, this is what we're going to do. While Kendall is talking about what, like, trying to be like, okay, this is the analysis. Number two, with them taking him out of the rotation, I am 110% positive that the quote that kind of leaked out about, like, yeah, you know, Boylan said, hey, we had the same thing in San Antonio, and this is what Pop did. And then one of the players saying, "You're not, we're not the Spurs, and you're not Greg Popovich. 110% Jabari said it. Like, Jabari was probably the one <laughs> that said that to Boylan, and now he's out of the rotation. But to me, I, the question of what they should do is trade Jabari Parker. And it has nothing to do with, like, oh, Jabari's trash. It's not like that. It's just... What with this contract, we were never going to accept the club option for next year. So trade him, tried to get something out of it. The flip side to that, and Josh Davis, um, who hit me up on Twitter, just said, at Ricky Whitmer, realistic deal for Jabari. I did not message him back right away because, or tweet him back right away because, Sean, I will tell you this. I don't know a realistic deal for Jabari Parker because I don't know who, what you would want to give. For Jabari Parker, because in my head, my stupid Bulls fan head goes, yeah, I want a first-round pick. And then immediately I go, yeah, he ain't worth a first-round pick. Like, And then I go, huh, how about a second-round pick? And I go, do I really want a second-round pick? Like, what are we going to do with that second-round pick? I know we don't have one this Cash year. Cash considerations. Cash considerations, which is our best friend here in Chicago. I just, with me, I feel like what the Bulls need to do is trade Jabari Parker and they need to – the biggest thing is either add a veteran that can help this team and fit in with what they want or add a young player that isn't like – I'm not like saying like a rookie, but like 
a young player that can develop with this team that you're very high on that's not campaign? My thing is, why wouldn't you want to trade uh, like Jabari Parker at all? If if someone's team was like, yeah, we'll give you a second round pick for Jabari Parker cash, I would say yes, 100. Yeah, no, I would. I would <laughs> take. I would take well, you were, that. You were saying like second round pick. I really don't want that. Eh, it's not the same as a first round. That's that's the only thing in my head. You want to turn where, it to a player not, that's not Jabari Parker. But I'm that's not 100 better. But I'm that's not better than, yeah, say there you go. I mean, like you could you could mm-hmm. hit you could hit gold. In the second round. I, Isaiah Thomas, Nicole Jokic. Mm-hmm. You can hit anything. It's not Jamari Parker. You got to win. But the one that I do, I did kind of like this one. I don't think it happened. Is uh, I was kind of looking through my Twitter feed, and I came across a trade from Bull Scripted um, on Twitter had one. And he basically, it was, the Bulls would give up, I believe it was Jabari Parker and Justin Holiday. And we would get back Markel Fultz and Wilson Chandler from the 76ers. And his whole kind of um, message to it or explainer was that we'd get a guy like Wilson Chandler who could be a good veteran sure for this team. Wilson or Winston? Wilson. Okay. I, I well, last time it was Wilson. Winston. Last time it was Winston. But I know this time. But Wilson Chandler could be that veteran for this team. Whereas Markel Fultz, we could just stash him and say, hey, Whatever you're going through, get your body, get your mindset, because we got all the time in the world. You just get right, my friend. And I think in that deal, it was, yeah, Parker, Holiday, and a future second for Fultz and Chandler. You know what I would love? What? For Markel Fultz's future mm-hmm. to not be in Chicago. This, <laughs> this is the worst run franchise, I think. Maybe. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are... Oof. Uh, Phoenix Suns are more the worst run. There franchise. are some really bad franchises in yeah. the NBA. I think yeah. we're better so, than the Suns. I think we're better than the Timberwolves right now. No, I disagree on that one. I would Timberwolves have more of a future on their team, and they have a future. We, and I mean, like they kind of messed up with the Jimmy Butler hopefully. thing, but also mm-hmm. the half that's on Jimmy Butler because he was I like mean, three weeks hey, before the season. He was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just hey, block the shit out of everyone, he, steal it, and just be an well, asshole." He told, him to, he told him to, to trade him in the offseason to trade him. I guess. Teams ignored him. That's true, my, but it came out more. My team yeah, didn't trade the real KD and um, Larry Markinen for what did they get for and Zach Levine? Were, and Zach Levine for whatever they. I can't even remember what Jimmy they got. Butler from, and no, 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 Justin no, 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 no. Justin I'm talking Penn. about what the T Wolves got from the 76ers. Oh, Rocco. Because basically yeah, that Covington, was it. Dario, and Dario. And so you got that for and uh, Jared Bayless. So yeah. you got that for Levine, KD, and Larry Markinen. I will take what the Bulls got every day. Yeah, every but day. again, you uh, whatever. Um, I don't think we're the worst, but we're not good. Mm-hmm. Bottom five. Well, we're not the Warriors. Least. Huh? Well, I said we're not the Warriors. It's like you that know, you're the opposite of the Warriors for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Warriors realize you know how to be successful in mm-hmm. keeping the same two boneheads in in power position for the fi- past fifteen years. It's not been working out. You have them six coaches and Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Mm-hmm. Six coaches, and now you're giving them pretty much uh, another one and, and Jim Boylan. It's pathetic what this team's I been able to do. It. I just don't get it. What do you mean? What do you not get? I don't get how you like when they came out. We're like, yeah, we're firing Fred Hoiberg. I was like, now, like we're doing it now. You either should have done it before the year or after this season. Like I wasn't mad that he got fired, but it was like, wait, we're gonna do that now at this point in the year. Like, what does that help? It, it doesn't. And then keeping it doesn't matter Boylan though. For next year, I was like, really, we're not gonna See, even look for a new head coach. My thing with Boylan is, I think you could have given the interim, but also would firing Jim Boylan after this year, you know, be in the cards. Yes, if he tanks mm-hmm. that badly and he's that 
poor of a head coach and this keeps happening, yeah, they can fire him again. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they have no reason to keep him around because I don't know what the deal they signed with him is. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what you know the, the terms are, but I doubt it's anything lucrative. It's nothing like Fred Hoiberg's five-year, $25 million mm-hmm. contract or five-year, $30 million contract. Right. It's not like they're going to be on the hook for that. Uh, like, you know, a massive amount of money. So mm-hmm. I think Jim Boylan's more on a prove-it deal. So I'm not too upset on, on, on keeping Jim Boylan or firing Fred Hoiberg, but it's just when is Jerry Reinsdorf going to wake up and be like, all right, Gar Pax, or at least Gar Foreman at least, needs to be moved. And John Paxson mm-hmm. cannot have any say in, in, in player operations because I think John Paxson is a, a pretty good speaker. I think he's a, a smart guy. Like I face think, of the... Yeah, I think he can be a good face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. But he should not be making personnel decisions anymore. Mm-hmm. He should not be making any decisions when it pertains to the Chicago Bulls outside of things, at least when it comes to things on the, on the court. I he should just... not be be doing that at all. He should be helping with like maybe players' relations, but he mm-hmm. should not be doing anything outside of speaking to the media, mm-hmm. speaking to players. He should be definitely moved from the position of power that he is in. And Gar Foreman... For sure, it needs to be thrown into space. No, he see, does. See if throw it into space. What, what we should so do is dramatic. no. What we should do is we should we should moon. ask NASA to show Steph Curry if if the moon landing is real <laughs> and use Gar Foreman as a test dummy. <laughs> it's bad. No helmet. Oh, Whatever. It doesn't matter as long as he gets to the moon. Oh man, I just for me, I just and my biggest thing, and I've said this to you guys, I haven't had a chance to say it on the podcast. Is my biggest complaint with the Fred Hoiberg firing was I never felt like he was set up for success. I never felt like it was like, hey, we're going to bring Fred Hoiberg in and we're going to put the best possible you like we're going to put the guys that are going to be good for him. It was kind of like, hey, we're going to go with this young talent. And I went to bed last night and I woke up and I thought that was a bad idea. So here's D Wade and here's Ray John Rondo. And here's a via towel situation between Jimmy Butler, D Wade and the rookies and Rondo going to get like. That's a terrible situation to start. Mm-hmm. And what they should have done from the start was, hey, here's your young talent. We're going to get you more young talent, and we're going to build off this young talent. But they didn't, and that's not Fred Hoiberg's fault. It's Garpax's fault. That's where I agree with you. Garpax should Boys. be out of here. What do you want? I Ooh. got the answer. What? Jabari Parker mm-hmm. is going to get traded mm-hmm. for – it's Jabari Parker plus, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. of the cap space. Rolo. Jabari Parker, Chandler Parsons – and Marshawn Brooks. Mm. It Why gives Marshawn? us a backup shooting guard, which we desperately need, mm-hmm. because with Zach Levine out, we're starting Archie Diacono and Chris Dunn together, which is just straight up cancer. Uh, obviously, we we have no faith in our bench. We have no faith in our player development right now, for whatever sake. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like Blake Knee, but apparently the Bulls don't. Don't think it's direction. So you go ahead and get Marshawn Brooks, guy who peaked last year in limited play with a bunch of G leaguers around him. He'll feel right at home on the Bulls. <laughs> and you get Chandler Parsons. We get another small forward who actually plays the position of small forward. Crazy thought. But also long contract. Eh, I mean, it's literally just next year. But also more money than what Jabari's It's $24 million this year, $25 million next year. So you got one more year, bad contract. What do we care? We're the Bulls. So they can, I, uh, they can throw in a future pick in there. I think It's the Grizzlies, so we get a future later pick. And they get someone who can add some uh, scoring, who can be effective, helping when Jaron Jackson gets in foul trouble, you add in some offense to that game. Grizzlies get better. And they are one of the worst offensive teams. We get Chandler Parsons, who, obviously the contract's not ideal, but hey, at least, like, you know, shooting-wise, he's not terrible. See, in some ways that seems competent, so it's not going to happen. I think I think that I think that actually would work out. We get double... We get, yeah, but that's that's my thing, is yeah. you're talking to a Gar Foreman. We might even give up, like... Team, and also you're talking to Chris Wallace. 
But yeah, you're talking Chris Wallace and Gar Farmer, probably the that's two why, that's worst said, GMs. Marshawn, I, I clarified myself. I didn't mm-hmm. say Dylan. I'm not being crazy out here. Give me Marshawn Brooks I and just, Chandler Parsons. I don't hate that. Idea. I don't hate yeah. that deal. I personally, I think don't. it's a win-win. I personally don't like it on the side of the Bulls. And the why? reason why We're spending is... spending $25 million next year on something? Do, do no, you know something like, I doubt? The, Gary got a Miro Seek. Well, Seek. The thing next that, year it's only $3 million from him. The thing that I'm looking right at now is... Yeah, no, next year. We already... It's no, 11 mil this right year and now, three next year. year. Like, what free... Awesome. Like, with our money next year, what free agents can we go after if we who keep a guy to, for next year? Who wants to play for the Bulls right now? Do you see what's happened to this locker room in the last five years? Also, Every who, single year there's a controversy. Who wants to play with Jim Boylan? Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the first thing of like, like our front we office. Need, we need is a better league coach. Known is terrible. Mm-hmm. Our head coach is already hated no, by people. Here's, here's the, the, the players don't respect him. Mm-hmm. The no first, one wants the, to come here. The first, the, the, the first thing is in the head coach, like Jim Boylan. I started I, at the top. I started at the front office. Yeah, I, I started even higher. It's Jerry Reinsdorf. He needs to wake up. And Michael Reinsdorf needs to wake up. Mm-hmm. Like right now, they, apparently the focus is on the Chicago White Sox, which as a Chicago I'd White Sox fan, like, I'm extremely happy. Apparently, apparently he's the. I hear the White Sox are the front runners. For oh, him. it's it's not even so Bryce Harper. Harper. It's also cash considerations. Manny it's also Manny Machado. Yeah, cash um, considerations all around on the Bulls roster. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is just move that money under the line. One Sorry. of them needs to wake up, and, and that's, mm-hmm. that's my point. And, yeah. and one of them needs to realize that loyalty is very brave and honorable, but it's kind of like when you have a deadbeat boyfriend, like, and, and you, he's <laughs> no, just kind of sitting right. around, and he keeps cheating on you. You speaking and, from experience, Sean? Yeah, I have a deadbeat dead boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a deadbeat boyfriend, and you know when he's when he's mm-hmm. doing heroin and spending all your money on heroin, and he's yeah. stealing and selling your gold for heroin. But I can fix and, him. And, and and that's the thing is you're like you're loyal, and, and people are like, oh, and then it gets to the point where it's like, oh, it's really glad you're fixing him, and then people are like, you're just an idiot, you're ruining your life, and then yeah. like your house gets broken into and it's him. Um, then you find him like dead, like hanging from a uh, computer wire because he's trying <gasps> to like you know turn. figure out like how to unplug your yeah. computer so he could sell it for heroin. Mm. Like it's sad, but also yeah. you should have left him, honey. Uh, that's that's pretty much with what Garp Foreman is right now. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts on Gar Foreman is that he is a deadbeat boyfriend and Jerry Reinsdorf needs to wake up and do something about it. And and I, I think it's not on Jim Boylan. It's not on Fred Hoiberg. It's not on Vinny Del Negro. It's not hey. on Tom Thibodeau. It's not on good old... Uh, what's that? I love Vinny the Vinny Del mentioned. Negro. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not about Scott Skiles. Like, it's, it's not about any of the coaches mm-hmm. that have been under the Gar Foreman regime. It's... it's the, the it's, an, it's that's the problem. The analogy that I was thinking of for the coaching side of it, it almost feels like I don't know why this first part would be it, but it kind mm-hmm. of feels like it just in sense. Um, if you've got a classroom yep. and you're like, hey, we're going to start the year year off with a long term sub. We don't have a teacher for this role, but we will. And then halfway through the year, you fire that sub because you hired a new teacher, and the class is already like. Dysfunctional, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, we don't have to go." Like, this isn't a real class. And then that teacher comes in and's like, "This is how it's going to be." Like, a real hard ass. And the kids are like, "Who the hell are you? Get out of here!" Exactly. Like, that's what's going on with the Bulls right now, where it was like Fred Hoiberg, player coach. Hey, you know what? I'm not that hard. Anymore. And then Jim Boylan comes in, and he's like, just the iron fist of like, "Do as I say," and this is my team, and authoritative. And it's just not working. And it's not working. Honestly, and here's the thing is I, I 100% agree mm-hmm. with you. And I also feel like with, with Gar Foreman, they probably thought they were hiring Jim Boylan again. <laughs> oh. Uh, the 2007-2008 coach who went 40, yeah. who had a 42% winning percentage instead of Jim Boylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that could definitely be something that's on the table. Because when I was looking up the coaching history, and I knew this was a thing that they had two Jim Boylans, yeah. uh, but I didn't know the, the record. I have a feeling they were like, hey, you know, Jim was pretty good back in the mm-hmm. day. He's He's been in the, the league for a while, and he's been on our bench. He used to you know, run these boys. I think we could hire Jim again. And they were like, oh, different guy. 
He's an asshole, and he's yelling at these guys. He put him through boot camp. Uh, he just I, looks like a mean man. Not, not like. Well, way. that's the thing is, I if he if he was resting, I think that I would think of him as a gumdrop, mm-hmm. uh-huh. like a, a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I think of him more of as a softie. But then he starts when he opening, he's kind of like a, a, an ugly pit bull. Um, you know who I think could turn turn around the bolt? Like who would have been a good coach for them to go after this offseason? Who could help turn them around? Any Mark Jackson. Ugh. Ugh. I, you are still on the Warriors. Where's Phil at? No, it's garbage. not even that. We're far away from the Warriors. But, like, I feel like he are could we? come in and work with the players Why? and develop them. Why? Like, He's been out of the league for eight years. He's pretty much the same thing as Jim Boylan, just being a hard-headed asshole coach. Like, I don't see the point. What, what What's the positive of Mark Jackson outside he has experience? He was I mean, also experience, Isaiah ex- Thomas. Experience helps. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but I mean, Jim Boylan also has experienced kind of. I mean, worked under Pop. Like he, he has, he's been an assistant for a while. The thing that he doesn't understand is like he's trying to come into this role and be Greg Popovich, and he doesn't understand he's that doing what he knows. Like Greg Popovich earns the respect of his players. He earned that respect twenty does, years ago, and then when he doesn't, they leave the team. Like, do we want our team to be a bunch of Kawhi Leonard's and just get out of town because they can't stand Jim Boylan? Well, I mean, that's where we're headed is, right now. Jim Boylan has rings. Jim Boylan earned his rings as an assistant coach for the Spurs, one of the best teams, best run organizations. So, like, I, this is why I don't feel like bad about this. It's just like that's who he is. We knew exactly what he was when we hired him as an assistant coach. We paid him the most for any assistant coach in the league coming into this. So, what we expected was a championship pedigree style assistant coach to continue molding our players in great shape. The problem is that, like you said, it mm-hmm. went from such a player friendly team to now we turn and it's guy who yeah he's got the rings on his hand he's he's going i've been there boys i know how we get there and they're like yeah but not with us Mm -hmm. like they don't have that level of respect for him because they only see him as like an an enemy right now and i think if it was something too where he did this shit like later in the season Mm -hmm. like obviously it's bad after you you beat you have a win against that we saw against okc okc and then you have the the worst home loss like that's something where it's like all right coach we had a bad night and we're getting adjusted to you you being Mm -hmm. our head coach yeah like i think if it happened like you know this happened in february and you lost back-to-back nights like they did like in horrible fashions Mm -hmm. uh then maybe you could do that and be like hey like we we had horrible effort out there you need to earn the respect before you pull stuff like that so yeah i i just look at this situation and i think bringing in mark jackson like the most of these kids are just gonna remember as the guy that steve kerr replaced like you're not gonna get respect right away for being a guy who's been on tv for a while now i wouldn't say like just just because of that like i don't think obviously any coach that came in would have to earn the respect of the guys like it doesn't matter where you came from it's what are you gonna do for this team But there's an immediate respect. Like, you immediately have an idea Mm -hmm. of someone in your mind when you hear about him. And what I think about Mark Jackson, I'm not thinking, mm -hmm. and I didn't watch Mark Jackson play at all. And the first thing I think of is, oh, that's the guy that Steve Kerr replaced to take over the best team of all all time. But if it was me, and this is also goes for anything like this, Mm -hmm. I would hope that the Bulls players have an open mind where if a new coach, anybody, was coming in, that they would have that open mind first. And then after that first interaction with that coach would then make why would they because now you already have fred hoiberg Mm -hmm. who they possibly had an open mind about and obviously clearly he wasn't enough to make it he didn't finish out his contract i mean jim boylan they had an open mind about him and now they're 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 getting player meetings why why would you have an open mind it doesn't help but why would you have an open mind especially when you have this front office making the hires 
Why would you have an open mind about this? Because they have a track record of not hiring the right coach outside of Tom Thibodeau, and then pushed him out. Because he was no longer effective as a head coach. Mm -hmm. It was one of those sad moments where it's like, you might be a good head coach, but our timeline and our team is not where it matches up for your skill set. That's fine. That's fine. But also, like, I was okay with moving on from Tom. The problem was that, like, we didn't do anything after moving on from him to put us into a better position. For Fred, and, and that's, that's because of the front office. I agree. So that's 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 my point. Is again, you 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 can be right about yeah. Tom Thibodeau. I'm not saying like the no, Bulls fans I mean, should be praising. Yeah. you should be bashing Garpax for getting rid of Tom Thibodeau. It's just they consistently make the wrong moves. We, we, and and we it's not it. it's not even like you can make a right move. Like I think they made the right move about matching Zach Levine. Yeah. Then they followed it up and they didn't make the right move with Jabari Parker. Yeah, that's my thought. I think that Ricky, you're you're wrong in the guess or in saying that you'd hope they come in with a clear mind about Jim Boylan because you got to remember Jim Boylan is basically their practice or any coach, right? No, or any coach. No, I'm saying not any coach. about after Jim Boylan. I'm like saying, a new coach after Jim. I'm Boylan. saying going into Jim Boylan. Okay, he was already the practice boogeyman. Yeah, no, remember? Yeah, Fred Hoiberg was having an interview and he didn't realize Boylan started practice like five minutes. And behind he's like, him. "Up, gotta go," and then ran over like, there. Jim Boylan's the one running their yeah. ass in practice, and mm-hmm. I think that <laughs> him coming in and then well, not having Fred Hoiberg to mm-hmm. coddle the players. Or, or be their buddy, you good know, cop, pull them on the cop. side. Yeah. They, they lost their good cop, and now they're just like, what the fuck is this? I'm just being yelled at all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. not everybody's responsive to that type of criticism. You were joking with me, mm-hmm. and it's slightly off topic, but you were yeah. like, you know, I went and I tried to... Um, miracle. Well, is yeah, that what you're talking about? Well, I was going to say yeah, the okay. thing, but... Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. when you try to get people to rise up to a different level, mm-hmm. like, there's different approaches, and not everyone reacts to the same approach. If you yell at them, if you challenge them, mm-hmm. some get, some people take the rise, and they will meet you at that yeah. level. And Other people will just f- throw up their hands like, I'm done. Like, I can't I can't deal with you right yeah. now, and, and I for, think that's what they're running into right now. Just to make that reference so they know what you're talking about is, when I was in high school, I was in competitive marching band, and... We you were, wait, you didn't. Re- you were uh, a letterman in uh, basketball. No, I was a letterman oh, in band. Okay. Um, but what we had to do was the freshmen. Our director wanted us to kind of get the most out of them because we didn't have a good rehearsal that day. And I remember I had all the flutes with me, and I was like, really like giving the pep talk. And I looked across the field, and the one trumpet player I know had the belief that they shouldn't even be on the marching field. So I said the line of like, "Hey, you know what? That guy over there." believes you shouldn't even be out here, prove them wrong. Thinking like, all right, I'm going to rile them up. They're going to prove them wrong and actually like get the best out of it. No, they just cried and went to the director. And the director was like, hey, I get what you're saying. I liked what you said, but kind of a little bit too You're rough. no longer in charge of these yeah, people anymore. You, you, you can be in charge yeah, of the clarinets and uh, so-and-so can be in charge of the flute. So it's like it doesn't work with everyone. And it's like right now I think the – I know it's a small sample size, but it's concerning that. So Jim Boylan's more of a, a clarinet guy than he is a flute guy. Is what I, you're saying? I don't yeah, know that's, that's the case. That's why we're reading this. But depending on how the last 23 seconds go, because I'm watching the game cast, we came back Bull, from down 20. The Bulls have hmm. still only won one game since Boylan took over, and that was the game we went to. So are we the lucky charm? We maybe are. we, we are. Maybe we're the Boylan lucky charm. 94, 94, 93, with 23.3 left. Bulls down five. Bulls down by one. Our bulls up by. Bulls one. are up by one right now. 94, 94 93. 93. Oh. Bulls up by one point. We're down by twenty. I want to continue stalling and talk about the bulls here because mm-hmm. I want I want them to have real, that conclusion. Real quick, who's the ball? The bulls. They just called a full timeout. Okay, cool. So DeRozan made a, a two pointer. Bulls called a timeout. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I look at this team and I go, you've got your movable assets in Jabari Parker. 
Holiday outside of tonight has looked like a above average three point shooter. Sean's being a creep right now. What are you doing? He's think, coming to watch. I'm coming around to watch the game cast. Oh. They can still see me. Right. Why, why don't you guys now? just roll with something? I mean, yeah. come on, God. It, you don't it concerns to... me. Chris Dunn made a shot, and now the Bulls are up by three. Okay. I mean, well, Wonderful. and, and, so and the Spurs, Spurs typically, they're not a team that sh- to shoot three pointers. Exactly. So, <laughs> so we're putting them in danger. We'll for yeah. Is he on the floor? Who? Of course, Bryn's Forbes? on. No, he's not. No? No, he's not. Oh, jeez. They got Bellinelli. They're in trouble. Well, Bellinelli's a master of the fall away three. Go or ahead. the almost three-pointer if he had only hit Philly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Go ahead what, what you Sorry, were Jake. saying. Um, no, they've got their move last. It's Rolo, mm-hmm. Jabari, and Holiday God, are the three guys who I, so I look at. Is Jabari move, movable? Yes. I think he is. I think $20 million is... For only one year. For to basically write off at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That opens up a lot of opportunities for teams going into this super glorious free agency class that, you know... A lot of people are hopeful, and I don't think they're going to be uh, excited. I don't think at the end of the day they're going to be rewarded for that hope. I think a lot of players are going to stay put, regardless of uh, all the enticements. The, you know, the, the Katie's going to Chicago. Katie's going to Boston. Katie's going to New York. Like watch Katie just resign on like Katie's a team friendly deal to mm-hmm. play and with just, the Clippers. Or, going to OKC. Or do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's coming home. Spin up the fucking Supersonics again, boys. <laughs> Katie's coming home. What up, Sarver? Hey, we want to go back to Seattle? That would be the coolest <laughs> I know thing guy. ever. I know a guy. Literally the coolest thing ever. Like, someone write a movie. That's that's <laughs> it. That's it. We're, we're restarting the franchise. So, no, I think that those three guys are movable assets. And I think Holiday has the most attractive contract and play. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's a guy who I'd really focus on moving. So, well, outside of the players this year, yeah. what do you think the future moves for the Bulls should be? At least, like, what do you think the core is? Mm-hmm. And then also, is is the first move to fire Jim Boylan? Mm-hmm. If, if you're Jerry Reinsdorf. Is the first move to fire Garpax? Is it to fire Gar? Is it to fire John? Is it to fire Boylan? Is it to fire all three? Is it to sell the team? What, what's, <laughs> what, what's, what's your move am going I, am into I play, I'm doing this as a fan or as like a 2K owner? or what, what do you think is the best move? I think the best move is... You, have, you have all the, all all the, the power in the world. What do you think is the best move to help this Bulls team for the future? I am firing Gar Foreman and John Paxton. I am removing Jim Boylan from his coaching duties at the end of the season. Um, if the Bulls, like the problem is, like I started to think like the Bulls should just keep losing and be fine well, with that. I was gonna say, can I take a step back Zion, from you? The first yeah. step is make sure we get a top three pick. Yeah, that's the first step. Make but sure we get really the top three. Ensure, ensure that well, now with the no, well, now with the, lot, now with the lottery, sure, you cannot. No, just three, make sure we uh, get the odds. top three odds. Top three odds, because if you're because then top it puts three us odds, in the best percentage. If you're number one, you can't fall below five, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So, so that's, like, but that's the thing is, even if you get top three odds, you're not top right. three anymore. Correct. But it still gives us best chance. Oh, we another shot. We got well, the bag. What was funny was Brian Forbes did get subbed in, missed his three. So. Yeah, missed yep. his three. So we got in the bag. So yeah, no, I, I think it's you, you've got to clear house from mm-hmm. top down, and then you've got to you get got one to, of the dookies. You got to get one of the dookies. You got 100%, to hundred percent because my mind is it's Zach Levine, it's Wendell Carter, and it's Lowry Markman. Mm-hmm. Those three are your dudes. Anyone else's bonus? Yeah, I'm I'm happy moving anyone like Hutch, I haven't seen anything out of uh, him yet to say that this is a franchise player. Mm-hmm. I think he could easily grow into it because not like I said. Not everybody's gonna come out year one and ball out. Yeah. But he's a guy with decent size, and I'd like to get see him get more time in these games that are basically meaningless to us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. well, and congrats, you just won again. Uh, so yeah. Richard, ourselves out. What would you be doing? Because I, I, I mean, I think I think we, you can agree with the the big three stand yeah. of Levine, Carter, and and Marco. Yes, that was the big three. The first thing I would do is trade Jabari by the trade deadline, trade Rolo by the trade deadline. I'm making those two trades before I even get. To mm-hmm. the end of the season. Yep. 
kind of almost a no matter. Like I'm not taking on a big contract, but really any draft pick. If, if so, you're it, still hopeful for the off for the free agency. You think we're going to land away? It would in order to take a big contract to me. I have to be for sure that it's not like I'm not looking for a big time veteran, but that that veteran's going to fit into our plans. Like it's not going to be like a bringing D Wade in for the Bulls. Like it's yeah. not going to bring like oh we're bringing in this guy because he's D Wade, he's from Chicago. D Wade like, sold out the arena. I don't know what we're you're not, about. We're not doing, Ryan Source well, playing 100%. All the Bulls care about is selling tickets and eventually it gets old. And <laughs> the thing that that's the first thing. Trade Jabari, trade Rolo, get something for him cuz they're done at the end of the year. Then number 3, I'm surfing surfing out orders for or offers for Bobby Portis. If I don't move move Bobby Portis, I'm not mad about it, but I feel like I can get something for him. Number two, make sure I get one of it's the top three. three. Well, well, the trades are all part of okay. one. Number two, make sure I finish within the top three of the NBA draft, have the best odds to be the either one, two, or three in the NBA draft, get a dookie. Before that draft... I'm firing guard packs. I'm getting a GM in place that I feel can help us moving forward. I fire Jim Boylan. I get a coach in there that is going to be matched. I hire the GM first, use that GM to help hire a coach, go into the draft, get a dookie. Free agent, I see, I don't think will be a huge splash. Do you think we overpay for somebody with potential? Again. Again. If it's a Jabari-like contract, yes, I would. But otherwise, I'm not overpaying. I'm filling out the roster that I need to. And then at that point, it's the three that Dave mentioned, plus whichever Duke boy I get, and we're going to build off of that. And it's kind of like we got to hit the reset button, forget what has happened, new GM, new coach. These are our four. Now we're moving forward from here on. Is Chris Dunn safe? No. Uh, I, mm, this he's not an untouchable. Yes. But I don't think it's something where we have to move him. But if the right price is there, I would. Right. If I think, the I right think price is there, I would move I've him. seen enough out of Archie Diacono to know that mm-hmm. uh, he's not the point guard of our future. But Archie Diacono is your... I think Dave Chris Dunn is either a six-man or uh, like an off-the-bench point guard or a, you know, he's our defensive but, guy mm-hmm. to go pairing with Zach Levine so we don't get crushed too bad. If your plan is to lose, then what's the harm in starring campaign or Ryan Archie Diacono? Uh, no, I, there's no harm in that. I'm just saying, like, I would keep Chris Dunn because I think he's got potential to continue growing a shot, and if he gets a shot that's better than what it is today, he's now a two-way point guard, which is valuable in the NBA. If it helps you to move Jabari Parker. Depends on what we'll get back. I mean, I, I come up with a pretty damn good feel, deal for Jabari. Is, is there any player out there that you think that, you know, maybe that maybe like there's a player that might be down in the dumps, might need a, need a change of scenery that you would want the Bulls to take a shot I, on. I know Bulls. you hate it, but I would take a flyer on Markel. I would trade Jabari it. for Markel. Oh, no, I know. Who wouldn't? But I'm saying Sixer like... Sixer fans, that's er, who. Well, earlier, Sean said that he wouldn't want that for Markel. I think that Chicago could be a good place for him because it's like, we could just say, hey, you know what? We hang on get, to point guards too long. Get yourself right. Look at we'll Rose. be here for you. Like We're, we're good with an we're injured rebuilding. point guard. We need to... We, we need, support you. This team needs to buy into the rebuild. How do you do that? You fire everybody from the top and basically fire sale and start all over. Knowing Chicago fans, mm-hmm. yeah. it's fine if the organization's like, oh, take your time. But this kid's been babied so much, then, you know, fans are already going to be bashing him on Twitter because he's a bum. He's, 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 he's worthless. A he's, he's, he's not going to be coming. Yeah, and then the also, situation? if. Jim Boylan's not fired. When he mm-hmm. does come back, he's going to get the fucking bulldog that kids are, you know, mm-hmm. that professionals are already crying about. Yep. So 
and you might also get gar packs. So they might, they might fuck that up, too. Yeah, the so I think that sounds like the worst thing. fairly low. And honestly, I read an article from, I think it was the Tribune, that was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the bull situation. And they said one of the people to blame, they said this ironically, is Matt Nagy. I would also throw in, like, Joe Madden. Because look at the last two teams in Chicago that have made those big coaching changes. The Cubs win a World Series. The Bears... Get Matt Nagy. Yeah, I know they trade for Cleo Mack, and that really no. paid into it. But look at what the Bears are like. It's like but we almost, want, we here's, almost here's want those like instant gratification. But here's the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know what they did before that, though? They built the team and were no, well. No, you know what they did even before that? You know what they even No, you even did it before that? What? They fired their fucking GM. Ooh. Jim so, Hendry? Gone. Yeah. We got a guy who knows what he's doing. Theo Theo Epstein. Epstein. Oh, hey, uh, all of you know, good old fucking uh, what's his face, Jerry Angelo, mm-hmm. uh, the dude that took over for Jerry Angelo. I forgot him. Ryan like, Pace. No, the, no Ryan he, Pace is the current. He, okay. went, he went uh, after him. Uh, Phil Emery. Phil Emery. Yeah, too. Emery. Uh, Phil Emery. Jerry Fire. Angelo. Gone. Gone. And you know what they mm-hmm. gave Ryan Pace and Theo Epstein? Time. Mm-hmm. They give him time to build up the teams. Yep. That's so what they did. Fire Garpacks, that's get a GM, did. give him that's, time. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. Get yeah. rid of them. Question. Shoot him to the moon. Question. To shoot him to the moon. Question. Shoot him to the moon. Question. I'm gonna, shoot him to the moon. I'm going to shoot this at the non-Bull. Fuck it. No, I'm going to shoot, shoot at the Bulls fan Shoot first it to the moon. With Dave. Shoot it to the moon. Hey, first. How, first. Hey, first. Shoot to the moon. Shoot to the moon. How would you feel? Shoot to the moon. How would you feel if the Bulls fired Garpax, brought in Ryan McDonough? Real quick. Hey, moon. What would you think if the Bulls fired Garpax and brought in Ryan McDonough? A fan. He's a fan. Yeah, there would be a parade Sun, in Sun Chicago. We could hire literally anyone. Like it could be you, Ricky Whitmer. You Ooh. could be the GM of the Bulls. I could do parade it. Down, <laughs> Michigan down state. Avenue. I'd say Michigan. Michigan. State Let's street. go, Michigan. Pulaski, Kedzie, Cicero, all simultaneously. Western. It'd be everywhere. There'd be Southside Irish Parade. No, it's gonna be the Garpax Parade. All, oh, ar- all around Dude. the loop. We just all around the loop. Southside Irish Parade, danger levels of <laughs> drinking going on. We're going to run, we're gonna run the purple line just around the loop. You thought the, you thought the Cubs horn. Parade had a lot of people. You, the Fire Garpax yeah, Parade. I say, the Cubs Parade will look like a joke compared to the Fire Garpax Parade. <laughs> the Pope, the Pope, the announcement of the new Pope. They're going to blow the black smoke <laughs> saying Garpax is dead. And then people are going to start and then, crying. And then we'll have the Tears white smoke when we find the new GM. Exactly, exactly. And people are going to cry. <laughs> cry outside the United Center. Uh, it's it's a bad situation. That's that's all I could say. And as a yeah. non-Bull fan, I like Ryan McDonough, but also you're talking about the draft. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of questions with his draft history. Yep. I think what Very you can't do is I think you 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 can't go with somebody who has already failed. You need to go with somebody who is new, Give is fresh, who is exactly like Ryan Pace in that way of you gave him a shot, you gave him time, mm-hmm. let him do what he did. Ryan McDonough had that time, and he didn't do it well. And maybe, you know, second chance is always good. But you either need to get somebody who has been fantastic before, like a Theo nope. Epstein, or you need to get somebody who is brand new, needs the stank stench off of him. Maybe the somebody stank. maybe somebody who is in the Warriors front office, is in, you know, the Clippers front office, because, fuck, that team looks good. Yeah. Uh, the Nuggets front office. I mean... The, 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 the good old Celtics front office. Mm-hmm. Steal a Danny Ainge. I mean, Ryan, that's where Ryan McDonough came from. Steal like, someone from Danny Age. I think that's the move. Is you need to take someone from a f- successful franchise and bring them over. Yeah, I, I completely, I completely agree with you on the like. That's what makes most sense. I think there's zero to five percent chance that Garpax gets fired uh, this year. I don't think it'll ever happen. You think? You, 
I'm yeah. almost like I'm back to until, like and, until like they literally die until it until the corpse they, until 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 it like I'm not gonna believe it until it literally happens like it will one day it will happen and I'll be like oh oh my god don't know how, don't know how to feel didn't think this day was gonna go like I'm yeah. gonna be rushed with emotions yeah what, to where when I go to work that when day Gar Foreman and John Paxson die we're gonna call up the estate for Jerry West and ask to trade for his corpse <laughs> to run our front office. Here's the oh, thing. Oh man, is I, I don't feel that. I, like I like John Pax. Mm -hmm. Like when he was when he was talking to the media after they fired. He's Hoiberg, a likable guy. He's a likable was, guy. He is, like he, he like Sorry. and you know his answers weren't entirely great, but you know he mm -hmm. was trying out there and he was out there. And Gar Farman, who's has more say and is was a guy was a Fred guy, is just hiding in his office. <laughs> doesn't even go to the games. Like Joe Colley had a great rant on a Sun Times reporter on six seventy, mm -hmm. just literally calling out Gar, Gar yeah. Foreman. Oh, it was fantastic. It was the best like five minutes of my life just <laughs> listening to it. The guy's gross. Like he's a, a bad the, GM, bad basketball here, I don't want to call a bad person because I don't know now. him. But. Here's the thing I'm going to relate it to, though, and this is a very me personally being an Illini fan. Yeah. It's kind of like how I felt with John Gross being our basketball coach, where it's like you'd hear him speak at press conferences, you'd hear him speak before the season, and you'd be like, John, I like you. You're a good guy. You can always get me riled up. But the bottom line is we didn't win basketball games, yep. and that's why he got fired. The Bulls have to say it, hey, John. You're really good with the media. You're a good face. But we're not winning basketball games. Sayonara, you're out of here. That's Gar Foreman we need to, to, well, to Both, both to, of them. To, to, to. So we're thinking for GM, someone who's been in a winning organization, mm -hmm. who's, who's, had, mean, who's had experience as a, an assistant GM or at least in a in, It's almost in a, like we did that with our coaching system and see how that's working out. What do you mean? Take with, someone from a winning system. Boiling? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you also did that with Got rings. Thibodeau. And yep. Thibodeau had rings and yep. it worked out. Yeah, and also this I was mean, not that was that was a preseason hire. Yeah, I, I think Boylan could be interesting. Should he uh, should he survive the season? Well, here first mm -hmm. off, GM, GM zero percent chance we get rid of him. Okay, not the sure. If they do get rid of him, outside hire. Oh, hundred percent. Okay, yeah. has to. Um, be. You're right. Or yeah, but or or outside hire or somebody with with no experience. Because my thing is that you can't like then go out and get somebody who's a failed GM of somebody else. Give That's me my some idea. nerd who hasn't seen outside light, like an analyst, <laughs> an like, analytics guy. Go Moneyball for all <laughs> okay. mm. right. Why not? Coach wise, what what do you think the idea is? Hinky. We bring in Hinky. <laughs> He's been banned from the game, and he also works for baseball right now. But I forget which organization in baseball. But um, I would love. I want to say hired by the Bulls. I would lose my shit. I would go crazy. I'd if they've replaced fucking garbags, <laughs> we have a follow up parade. Oh my god! Follow up parade, boys. We're bringing it back. All right, get off the hinky. <laughs> G, coach wise, you're talking about Boylan. What do you what do you, what do you think? I just about think the, that Boylan? like like you said, you go after someone who has a pedigree, who has won with another team, who comes from like a pedigree's great organization in the past, proven track record. Uh, I just I wonder if given the time to break their spirits, he will be able to coach them successfully. Break their spirits. He has to. Like, he, he's going to go in there and be like, y'all are losers. You can't win <laughs> basketball games. You're Jesus. bad at basketball. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Let me help you. If you try and practice, we will get better. That's how practice works. Yeah. We ain't talking about practice. Ricky, what do you think about And the that's coach? what they're saying. And that's the yeah. like, I feel weird that no one's on his side this argument. So mm -hmm. I want to just give him a little bit of respect there because it's like, are, are you saying that Two hours of practice is too much for you as a professional athlete making millions of dollars. You're not going to get but me after an for after a couple hours. after a back to back and but it's a back to back. You lost miserably. It's a back to back that one you won you, you won, won one, one game lost, lost miserably and then also wow. it's 
collectively bargained that you mm-hmm. shouldn't have that. So is it in the? Yes, it is. Okay. They literally had the ability to take it up with the interesting the, the players' association. I don't know if that went anywhere. That's no, why they, I was they, like, okay. there's rules that they should not have it back to back. That's why players are pissed off. Yeah. So that's something that if you know your work was like, oh hey Dave, uh, you're only gonna work five days a week, and then like, oh uh, hey, but your first uh, two months, uh, this is just you you're know, gonna this, work all seven. This is, this is after your first week. This is on yeah. Friday. Uh, also, you're gonna have to work uh, every uh, weekend. Uh, cool. Thanks. Bye. You'd be like, what the fuck, dude? It's funny because I actually had to do that. And there you go. That, um, it's you not a good feeling. It? No. No. Uh, no. So that's my <laughs> idea, Ricky. What do you think <laughs> about the coach? I'd feel like right now with Boylan, I feel like he should have been an interim. Interim for the rest of the year, yeah. then reevaluate it. See what he did the rest of the year. If you're happy with the product that he had after the year, then all right, fine. Then if you're you can then justify it to bring him back next year. Otherwise, bring in a new coach because I just don't feel like what I've seen so far it's not going to set us up for success. It's only going to piss off who we got. And when their contracts are done, they're either going to demand a trade to get out because they're going to be upset with it at one point, or when their contracts are up, screw this place. I'm going somewhere else. And no one's going to want to come here. So it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's it's cyclical. I mean, problems. Mello didn't even want to come here. No one wants to come here. Here's period. my idea for the head coach. Mm-hmm. Number one, what I think will happen if Jim uh-huh. Boylan is fired, uh-huh. Phil Jackson. Two, Rick Patino. You uh no, I'm not saying I, this is what I want. I'm oh. saying this is what most likely gonna happen. I, with Garf, with Garf I don't Pax. think I, uh, he's still in, in power. I wouldn't be upset with Rick Patino as the he head should coach. Be. I he mean, he's be. a bad no, no, no. More morally also, terrible. Hasn't coached in the NBA for years. But yeah. like, I mean, years. I feel like I'd feel like we'd have a more competent head coach. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, like here's what I th- here's, here's the two likely competent. candidates. Yep, Phil Jackson, Rick Patino. The guy that I think you should look at mm. is a guy in college. I think you should go back to college because mm-hmm. I know some people are like, oh, you know, Fred Hoiberg. But also Fred Hoiberg had a heart condition, couldn't yell, and also didn't know the game. The guy I think that you should go after at UConn oh. from Rhode Island. No. Kevin Ollie? No. No. He got fired. He you, you do a college basketball pro- program. Bobby Hurley. Hmm. Intriguing. No, Dan Hurley. Dan Hurley. Yeah. Dan Hurley. I was like, Bobby The brother Hurley. of Bobby former, Hurley. Former Dukey played with. Brother uh, of Bob Hurley. Yeah. Oh, no, bet. I'm thinking Bob Hurley. Yeah, Dan Dan Hurley, mm-hmm. former Rhode Island coach, now head coach at UConn. After his first year, they're already 8-3 and three after being horrible. I, I think that he's got swagger. He's got the the, 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 the smarts. Why not, why not shock a smarts? Dan Hurley, because he hasn't been that great. He hasn't. He hasn't recruited well at, at Texas. They haven't won anything significantly. I think they haven't gotten his, past his, the round of 32. Been tanked. Yeah. No I think I would look at name. Tony Bennett first from Virginia. I think I would look at him first. All that defense. Before Hurley. Dan Hurley. Love him. I love that guy. Or that just get somebody who understands the three ball and how to use it. Y'all got any more of those uh, Nick Nurses around? <laughs> Anybody? Have we seen Nick Nurse? Anyways, that was a... Uh, we bring Stan Van in. He that, can yell, right? We need a Van Gundian. <laughs> that was Van a, Gundian rant. That was a 44-minute therapy session pretty much for uh, for, for all Bulls of our fans. Bulls qualms. Uh, Festivus is around soon, so we were just uh, airing our grievances. Well done. Uh, and also, uh, I think we can all end it uh, on a high note. Maybe the, the last 10 minutes were on a high note, but uh, I think we can end it on a high note of shoot him to the moon. 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 Shoot. Oh. I apologize for our audio listeners. Shoot him to the moon. Let's move into the final topic, and we're going to welcome in our boy Jake, a loyal patron onto the show for the 13th straight, 14th straight uh, month. Yeah. Uh, I think it was last month was the uh, the anniversary 
uh, month of uh, him being uh, a patron for a year. So uh, if you do want to be a patron like Jake, check out patreon.com slash podcast. But Jake, welcome into the show. How you guys doing? I'm pretty good. How's the uh, how's the family party that you're avoiding? I'm a bit buzzed. We're good. <laughs> Wait, you're at a family party? What is going on? No, 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 no. Just my niece and nephew are left downstairs. That's it. Nice. Everybody okay. Left. Okay. Nice. Uh, but anyways, we're uh, we're we're getting buzzed, Jake, and uh, we are ready to talk about the Phoenix Suns because that's Jake's you know wheelhouse. Jake's a Jake's a Phoenix <laughs> Suns fan, proudly. Right, Jake? Uh, I wouldn't. I'd be really miserable if I was. I think Jeez. most most of them are, and uh, if you did see anything from the Phoenix Suns, I think it was like uh, mm-hmm. it was like the Phoenix uh, like municipal meeting. There was just mm-hmm. this old woman who just tore yep. Phoenix oh Suns God, owner Robert Sarver a new <laughs> asshole, uh, calling him Titan uh, and cheap, uh, which was pretty fantastic. Titan uh, so, and cheap. So look it up. Uh, but right now the Suns sit at five and twenty-four. Pretty out of the playoffs, uh, if if I could say so myself. If you want to guys want to go look back and the uh, number one pick right now. If you guys want to go looking back at at our uh, first uh, full uh, oh, week God. of podcast when the NBA season started, we asked a question. Remember, they make the pod, uh, playoffs. Remember, they were our 19th best team according to our rankings. We always get that comment. Too. We need to stop with those rankings because <laughs> yeah. they're really bad. Uh, but anyways, uh, blame the math. Yeah, I think we just got to. We do every other list objectively, so we just got to do this list objectively. Mm-hmm. But um, Phoenix Suns are five and twenty-four, and there was a stretch last week where they scored like what, like. 20 points in the first quarter of, mm-hmm. of two games. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely horrible to see. And Jake sent me a very interesting DM saying that Igor, the I'm not going to try the last name because I always fuck it up, but uh, Igor Kokoshkov, uh, after 29 games, should be fired. Uh, so, Jake, are you sticking by that hot take that Igor should be canned? Yeah, as of now, uh, yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear he's already lost the locker room. I mean, he was caught, ar- I wouldn't say arguing, but debating mid-game with Mikael Bridges, and it looks like DeAndre Ayton just doesn't play in the middle of the game. So it looks like he has problems even motivating players, and I think it was 60-17 to 17 they were outscored in first quarters in two games. Ooh. And that's just terrible. You can't, like, even when the Sixers won 10 games, they weren't that bad. Like, <laughs> this is one of the worst teams we've ever seen in the NBA, for sure. I mean, it's been a rough start, and you look at their away stats, and it's not good. They have one win away from uh, Phoenix right now, 4-11 and at home, 1-13 and away, 0-6 and in the division. Uh, they have the largest point differential um, in the NBA right now by negative uh, 11. Nobody has a positive of uh, plus 11 either, so just the worst uh, differential uh, either way. You look at them, they've been terrible on the floor, like Jake mentioned, and obviously there's trouble in the locker room. I even heard something. Uh, that Devin Booker and Aiton were getting into it in the locker room. I don't know how true that is. Um, but it is something that has not been a smooth start for Igor. Um, and looking at the shortest NBA head coaching runs, Jerry Tarkarian, the former uh, UNLV coach, uh, lasted 20 games as a Spurs coach. And then uh, the second longest would be Bob Weiss, who landed uh, lasted 30 games uh, with the Seattle Supersonics. So Igor would be the second shortest if he was fired right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's going to get fired right now. Uh, but Dave, do you think he should be fired? Do you think maybe they start to look at firing him after this year? Because I personally don't think so. I think he needs a little bit more time. But what do you think? I think you're absolutely right. Easy bake oven. You just set it and forget it. Wait, that's Ronco, I think. Ronco, you set it and forget it. Like let that's him... Ronco. Oh my, it's late night infomercials from like the early 2000s, early okay. 2000s, when you were like four years old. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. Um, so no, he needs time. That's it's plain and simple. He needs time because he was given a team without a starting point guard. When you are missing one fifth of your Ross, one fifth of your starting lineup, how do you expect to succeed? And especially in offense like Igor's, which is so predicated on being pass heavy. 
when you don't have a primary passer out there, primary facilitator, I, I mean, just you can look at their turnover numbers and it's direct correlation. They're pass heavy. They try to set up better shots. They try to keep the ball moving. But the problem is, is when you don't have anyone to really lead that and you have a really wonky lineup and you know guys who aren't necessarily engaged all the time, like it's just one thing after another. And then losing means less caring. I don't know. The, the Sun seems in a lot of trouble this year, but I think you need to just get them out there, let them play, and they'll work out those wrinkles. Did you say losing? Losing. Losing? Losing. Losing. There losing. we go. Uh, Ricky, what are your thoughts? I think it's absolutely like ludicrous to even suggest really? that Igor should be anywhere near. Like, what? Are we Are we taking a chud? To, like, are we chudding him to take it in an NFL term? Like, help are we help going us with the chud thing. I know who you're talking about. Where but. the former Browns coach, after one year, got the can and got fired. Like, are we going to chud him? One year with Phoenix, up, oh, he's gone. And, like, I look at their team. Austin Rivers, who they just got, could be done at the end of this year. They got um, Troy Daniels, could be off the contract. Crawford is expiring. They got Bender, Holmes, Moreland, expiring, expiring, expiring. Kelly Oubre is an RFA. This is a team where you're drafting young talent. DeAndre Ayton, I know that the him not really caring right now is a little bit of a red flag, but it's this isn't new. Like He was like this at Arizona because he was bored with the competition, because he was so much better than the competition that he was playing against. This is just, he's not winning, so he's bored there. Like Dave says, get yourself a point guard. Like, look at where Igor came from. Why was his system, his offensive system, so good with the Jazz? They had basically two ball handlers in Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell that could run that offense. The Suns have zero. That's your problem. That's Get a ball handler. Devin Booker's and a ball handler to the same extent that Donovan Mitchell is. I would say that for me, if you're asking me who I want to run this offense, I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell because I see I have tape of a better version of this offense. I think Donovan Mitchell in this offense is better than what I've seen with Devin Booker. Interesting. If they get a point guard who can do that, and then Devin Booker can play off ball, I think this team would be a little bit better adding draft picks, and then the big question is, will free agents, not like a Trevor Ariza, want to come and play for Phoenix? Of course they're not going to add free agents because it's something that they have never done. Even Mm -hmm. when they were good, they've not been a big free agent destination. It's not like LeBron to L.A., where it's not like in L.A., it's not like Chicago, it's not like a New York, it's not that big mecca of a city. But even that, even not even the city part, but even you look at what they, just that Mm -hmm. that organization in general, there's even talks about them moving to Las Vegas, moving to Seattle, Um, Sarver saying that they might pull out. It's not intriguing for any mm-hmm. any player, especially because you're not sure if you're going to be moving after you move. So you might be like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to Philadelphia to Phoenix. Oh, now it's time to go to you know Seattle." Mm-hmm. Like you're you're also buying in on this organization and the structure of this organization organization is a complete mess as well. Because obviously you have a, a GM in his first year in James Jones, and they just fired their GM like what five days before the season two and Ryan mm-hmm. McDonough. Yep. So. This whole organization is a mess, so clearly they're not going to be able to get free agents. And through the draft, we haven't seen much success, and I don't think I can put that you know that faith into James Jones because we haven't seen a draft out of him yet. And with McDonough, he had had some picks, especially this year, um, that I really did like. I mean, he had DeAndre Ayton, pretty easy pick in some ways. Um, some people will say Luca, but I think with the idea of what they were trying to do, I don't think it was the worst thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if there was any other person you could pick in this draft, it was Ayton. And I'll still stick by that, although he hasn't looked great. Um, you know, at least compared to Luca, um, uh-huh. I still think there 
there was you know nice picks. Obviously, Mikael Bridges has been a good good pick, especially compared to who you drafted for, and you got the unprotected heat pick for that as well. And then you also, um, you know, I'm sorry, no, they you, gave, you gave up. up. They gave up the heat pick, but I still like Mikael over uh, Zaire. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Okobo pick, I think he's a project, but I still think he's he's going to be someone who who you know turns out to be good. And we, we look talk about the point guard situation. They're like 18th in assists, which isn't terrible. But you, Dave, you talked about it with the turnovers. Dead last, just yeah. below the, uh, just in front of the Atlanta Hawks. So this is something that you know they're not moving the ball efficiently, and that's exactly what they need. But I don't think it's again on fully Igor um, to be the, the the burden of you know moving this ball a little bit better because he's not out there able to do it because the talent really isn't there. Shouldn't he adapt? I guess my argument is shouldn't he adapt his offense to fit the talent around the team because we know what his offense wants to be. Because we've seen, like Ricky said, we've seen it in the past iteration. And now it feels like he's trying to force this offensive system of pass-heavy ball movement onto a team without a true point guard and a bunch of really young players who are very mistake-prone. So I feel like part of it is like, you know, square peg, round hole. He's just trying to make this work because that's the way he's seen success in the past. I feel like as a young coach, you, you might not want to, you know, concede a little bit of what's worked for you in the past, but you have to realize where you're at and what talent is around you because, you know, we joke, we joked about Fred Hoiberg, you know, mm-hmm. not being given the talent around him to make his system work. And I feel like this is going to be in a very similar vein mm-hmm. of you need to understand what's around you. And you can't well, say that we're going to run this team into the ground. Because, even even uh, with that, though, I don't know what offense would work. But, Jake, we'll go to you just because, obviously, you know, the talent might not be there and maybe he's not making the, the right uh, coaching adjustments. But... Do you think, though, like even if with any offense, uh, this team would just be a failure? Because again, I think the the talent discrepancy is more apparent than you know any coaching flaws that are that are shown through Igor. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think Igor was almost set up for failure. I don't think this marriage was quite a match because, like Dave said, with the move, the ball movement heavy offense, Devin Booker doesn't fit into that. He just doesn't. He's more of an ISO player. I mean, you saw that in past years when he could score, not really efficiently, but he could score in bulks because he could play ISO basketball. And I don't think DeAndre Ayton really is a great guy in a ball movement offense. I think he's more of a guy you should just post up and use in the pick and roll and everything like that. I think I almost related to when Phil Jackson was the uh, Knicks GM and he tried to force the triangle offense onto them. Mm. And it just wasn't, it wasn't their system. It was, it didn't work. And Igor hasn't shown any ability to adapt his offense to fit his players, which is worrying to me because I feel I mean, if they go and get a point guard, is that really going to change a lot? Because Devin Booker is still going to be turnover heavy. DeAndre is still not going get, to be getting the ball in the positions that he should be getting the ball. And the point guard really won't change that much in my mind. And one thing, too, um, with, with this whole thing, because Ricky even brought it up with the, the contract situations, um, with Ubre even being moved because they just acquired him in the Trevor Ariza deal. Looking back on this Ariza deal, I think it's absolutely horrible. Um, again, I don't understand the point of giving him $15 million when you're mm-hmm. expecting you to lose. Um, and I, I don't blame Trevor Ariza at all. You just got paid $15 million and you weren't going to make that money anywhere else. Um, but the one thing I do wonder is, what can they do at least with Ubre because that is a valuable piece. So can they do something to get a point guard to help you know this offense in some ways or, or help this talent uh, differential? Um, and given what is uh, you know his talent and the fact that he's going to be an RFA, um, he can be moved before the deadline. Uh, the bargaining agreement uh, does not uh, does prevent the Suns from packaging Ubre with another player by then. But he was so recently acquired. 
uh, he they can trade him by himself immediately. So is there a certain player that you think that, hey, maybe we could do Ubre for a point guard straight up? Um, obviously, the Nets signed Didwitty, so that wouldn't be a, 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 a move that's, that's out there. Um, but any point guards you think that could help this team? Do you think they need a veteran? Do you think they need a, 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 a young guy? Uh, Jake, we'll go to you first. I mean, I'd say Fultz is the obvious one, right? I mean, if you can move a pick in Ubre for Fultz, I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. I wouldn't do that as a Sixer fan, but if I'm the Suns, I would do that in a heartbeat. I don't really think there's too many guys that are out on the market because, I mean, every single team right now is basically in playoff contention besides the Suns. Mm. Not a lot of teams are going to be willing to move their point guard. And, I, I mean, Fultz is the obvious one, though. You look at, you don't know what you're going to get from him, but is it really worth hanging on to Kelly Oubre to take a shot to get Fultz? Really quick, uh, the Chicago Bulls are also like a word with uh, teams oh, that yeah, are sorry, outside of the Chicago playoff Bulls. contention. Sorry, I forgot they're in the NBA, my bad. <laughs> I was going to say, you, the Bulls? Really? Would you like one slightly used to Barry Parker, anyone? <laughs> um, anyone? <laughs> but with the Oubre and Fultz thing, uh, with to you real quick, uh, Jake, would you want Oubre on your team if it does mean— and obviously you, you mentioned you wouldn't want to do that deal straight up if you're the Sixers, um, but would you want Oubre at all? Yeah, 100%. Have you seen the wings off the Sixers bench? <laughs> we got Furkan Korkmaz. Demetrius Jackson and Shake Milton. Like, TJ McConnell's been our best bench player, and as much as I love TJ, that is terrible to say. So is there is there a player or a, or a package that you think that you would be comfortable moving for Ubre? That's the sad part. I don't think so. I mean, maybe Zaire Smith, but I don't think anybody's trading for a 20-pound lighter Zaire Smith right now. Nobody even knows what's happening with him. I Maybe, maybe we can trade that heat pick back. I have no oh, idea. God. I just... I just I, I don't know if there really is because the Sixers don't have a lot of like at, like unless they're not going to do a deal for another wing because that's most of what the Sixers would have they would only be looking to like unload Wilson Chandler or Furkan Korkmaz or something like that but I don't really Fultz is really the only option and as of now we don't know what he's going to be in four or five weeks when he comes back so as of now I wouldn't do the deal but who knows if he comes back and still sucks then maybe I consider it. Dave, I'll go to you. What do you think about Fultz being thrown out there? Um, and you don't have to keep this strictly yeah. to Ubre. Um, but I mean, what other moves do you think they can make this year to at least some somewhat slighten the blow or, or lessen the blow? Um, and then also um, with that, like, what do you think about um, just Fultz in general to the to the Suns? So I think that Fultz is obviously an interesting topic because of his potential recovery right now, and that's a lot of people will want to asterisk that with like. Is it is this really it? Was it a stab in the dark like diagnosis? Um, I'm gonna go under the assumption that it's correct. That this is the correct thing. He was going under treatment for something that did affect him, and you know this will hopefully resolve it to some extent. But he might never be the player that we saw him be in college. So I would say that absolutely, I would jump at the opportunity to move a Kelly Oubre plus something to get Mark Fultz on this team to pair with uh, obviously Devin Booker, Aiton, and like. There are 18 other wings. So 100% in on that, Jake. I, I give you credit for bringing that up because I know as a Sixers fan, like, you know, giving up, uh, admitting defeat on that uh, back is tough. But yeah. I think I think at the end of the day, like, that's what they need. They don't need a backup point guard right now because TJ can do it. They need someone mm-hmm. who can go help them on the wing. Like you said, Wilson Chandler is just playing like a bum right now. He had uh, he, He's had a rough time. I mean, like, we hope that he'll kind of go back to what he was, but he just doesn't look like he fits out there. Um Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Fultz one, interesting. For me, I lean, I lean towards point guard, and I look at, I know I brought up before, like, you look at the Clippers, and I see Milos not playing many minutes, and I know that's a contract where 
he may or may not stay another year. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a one year thing. You get a mentor on that team who's experienced, who can play minutes, and then I like continuing to develop DeAnthony Melton because I think that kid is actually going to be a starting point guard at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. So I think Milos would be a fairly cheap pickup. The other guy I look at is Jeremy Lin because um, if if you have visited like the Hawks subreddit and read read anything coming out of there is he gets a lot of love and there's a lot of controversy uh, internal. It's nothing like crazy, but like there's a lot of fan controversy over like who should be playing more minutes and, you know, taking minutes away from Jeremy Lin, all this garbage with Trey young, you know, developing as a player. So I think that one would be really intriguing because it gives the Hawks another piece in Kelly Oubre who can contribute at a decent level. And like you said, he's still under that rookie contract. So they do have control over his future rights. Uh, so if he balls out for them, awesome. Mm-hmm. The Hawks have another great piece for that team. And Jeremy Lin could add in a veteran point guard to this team and honestly take them from the worst team in the West to the second or third worst team in the West. Now, if I know Ricky Woodmer, mm-hmm. I threw out the mention of trades. So he's on ESPN's trade he's machine going, working no, on a deal. I'm not, he's even, on I'm not even working. I'm not even looking at John trades. Wall. I'm shocked. John Wall. Are, you feel, are you feeling okay? Yeah, the thing that I'm looking at is the thing we have to remember with the Suns is they're young. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at Dev Book. He's the number one for this team. He's only 22. Like, that is, to me, a baby in the league. Like, you are still a very young player. And I was kind of thrown around just on my computer. Like, I started with the top, LeBron and Michael. Like, how long did it take these two guys to get to the playoffs? Didn't take them long. With Jordan, it was actually a different situation, different team. He was in the playoffs rookie year as a rookie of the year. LeBron, I think it took two years, then his third year, he made it to the playoffs. One of the comparable things, I'm like, okay, next look at guys that were drafted the same kind of area as Devin Booker, 15th, and have that same kind of, I want to say, not star power, but that same famous um, popularity around them. Giannis, to me, is a great comparison because Giannis didn't, he was, his first year was 13-14, where they didn't make the playoffs. That next year they did, and then in 15, 16, 16, 17 was when Giannis kind of really became what Giannis is. However, that's also a team that's been playoffs, not, playoffs, not, and then recently two and been knocked out in the first round. The difference with that is the Suns are not run the same as the Bucks, so you can't like take mm-hmm. A to A and say, oh, these are both apples, it's apples to oranges, but I don't know in my head if I am thinking, all right, this team is just young, and as they mature together, hopefully they'll mature with Coach Igor, and it'll be fine. Or if the Suns might be in a situation down the line where if they don't get their shit together, eventually they're going to hit a wall where it's like, we got to trade Dev Book. And I don't want to see that happen to the Suns for Suns fans out there, because that would be a sad day well, as if they wasted Dev my- Booker's contract trying to figure it out. My thing is, I understand where you're coming from with the honest thing. I don't think it's a, it's, it's a bad comparison in, in, in some like, ways. Obviously, but, they're not the same player. Well, that's the thing is, you know, Giannis was drafted as a project, mm-hmm. and then he didn't put up 22 points until yeah. his fourth year. Devin Booker came in second year and, and did that. Mm-hmm. And also, he was seeing Giannis as a project. It seemed yeah. like Milwaukee was taking a shot at him. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, he grew, and they put time into him, mm-hmm. and he grew up and, and, and obviously had the development he did. Devin Booker was naturally just came in, he's dominated stuck. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never, I don't, he's not going to be at the level Giannis is, at least the way Giannis is you know, dominating mm-hmm. right now. But Devin Booker can be and has been a starting 
you know, player for any team in the NBA for the past, you know, three years, where Giannis, it took him four years to get to that point. And the big thing, too, with Giannis is he's adapted to and kind of, you know, adopted uh, Milwaukee as a second home where mm-hmm. Devin Booker doesn't talk about Phoenix that way. And, and we even heard before he signed that extension that he was not really, ups- uh, you know, really in love with what the, the Suns were doing uh, as a front office. So this is something that I could see if Devin Booker does get frustrated enough Just in the upcoming years. A trade. Pulls a Jimmy Butler, pulls a Kawhi Leonard because it's been done before. And mm-hmm. I don't think he's, you know, a top 10 player like Kawhi and Jimmy Butler are or, you know, top 10, top 15. Um, but I think he is close enough where he can force that ability because, again, it's Phoenix. It's not like this is a team. Mm-hmm. I, I go direct comp to Anthony Davis and I know they're drafted differently. But like mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is a guy who we forever talk about. This man is trapped on a team that can't build around him. So like that's my direct parallel but to he's the still, Phoenix Suns. Him and Drew Holiday and Ray John last year still bring them to the playoffs. Demarcus Cousins right. did help too. Yeah, but he was twenty four last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So two yeah, but, more years. But they also I'm and they had sure, a second All Star mm-hmm. on that team. At he that was point. what, what twenty two when they first went though. Uh, in right, they had broke out one year earlier. So yes, I think it was twenty two and then twenty four because they missed the twenty three yeah, year. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. He was twenty one. Jeremy Lin year. He was twenty one. Mm-hmm. Okay, twenty one. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. He played uh, uh, forty three minutes in four games. Uh, put up 31 as a 21-year-old yeah, in the I playoffs. Mean, phenomenally insane. talented, but they couldn't assemble a good team around mm-hmm. him. And I think that sort of speaks to what Devin Booker's struggling with. Obviously, he doesn't have the same level of uh, front office and ownership issues uh, as Anthony Davis had to go through, but it still points to the thing. is like, look, there's these guys in these smaller markets mm-hmm. where they really struggle to build a team around them. And the Pelicans gave in and were like, screw the draft. We're going to go mm-hmm. out and we're going to spend that as capital to try to go get guys in trades and free agency. And veterans. And, and veterans at that. So they traded for Drew Holiday. They traded for Boogie. Mm-hmm. They went ahead and grabbed Rondo in free agency. Like, that's how that team pushed through and had their best run in the playoffs. Well, and Nico, too. And Nico, another trade. So I wonder if, like, James Jones will be forced into making moves Trading because we keep talking about building through the draft and, like, I'm sorry, the Suns have been in the top end of the mm-hmm. draft for a lot of years now for very little results. So I wonder if, you know, part of this whole new GM and new coach is this is year one. See who's valuable. See how everything goes. And then just churn. And and one thing, too, is with, you know, like Drew Holiday or, you know, Darren Collison, like some of these guys didn't immediately hit as rookies. And obviously mm-hmm. they weren't, you know, projects. A lot, you know, most of them played, you know, pretty uh, long careers in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I start looking at guys recently who haven't panned out in, the, in their current places, but maybe do need to change the scenery. Markel is obviously one we brought up too, um, and then Frank. I know he's not a, a super, you know, pass-heavy guard. He's not really great offensively yet, um, but defensively he's already there. And you know, there's been spurts uh, here and there where he has been able to show that shot. He had 21 uh, very Respond recently. Responded to that so, triple DNP, and yeah. he came out angry. So maybe, maybe you know, you just find guys who need changes of scenery, and maybe guys like Nico who, mm-hmm. you know, didn't work out at their current place, and they just need that next jump. Maybe you look for guys like that. One question I want to throw out, and I'm going to apologize beforehand. And Jake, you can answer because this Because Suns fans are going to get triggered by this. I can already tell it. But I'm asking it because I thought about it, it was a flame that ignited, and it was small, and I was like, I shut that down really quick. But because Sean brought up the name Jimmy Butler, it's oh, coming back up, and I want to ask the question of, put it in this way, is let's say the Phoenix Suns in the crystal ball become NBA champions. What? Can Dev, like, Do you see Devin Booker as the number one on that team? Kind of like the same debate we had with oh. Jimmy Butler. Is Devin Booker 
a true number one for an NBA team? Like, is that a question we can throw out there, or is it too soon because he's too young, or will he fall into the same mold, like you said, of Jimmy Butler? Because we had that debate where you were on the side of, no, Jimmy Butler is not a number one for a championship NBA team. Jake, what do you think? See, I'm on the fence with Devin Booker because I need to see what he could do on a good team. Because I know he can put up numbers and he can look like a top five shooting guard on a bad team and put up really impressive numbers. But he hasn't shown like anything where I would be confident in a seven-game series, him having the ball in the last two minutes every game. I just I don't know if he's that guy. And he, might, he could be, and I could be completely wrong, but we haven't seen him. He has to be on a team that wins more than 15 games a year. Like you can't judge a guy putting up 25 points a game on inefficient scoring on a bad team because I mean Michael Carter Williams won Rookie of the Year on a bad team in the Sixers. You just don't know. You can't tell yet. Yeah, and I mean you even look at Booker's stats this year, and obviously you know you, you talk about the inefficiency: 43 percent from the field, which isn't terrible, but then 31 percent from three, um, which is not good, and 84 uh, percent from the, the the line, which has taken a dip from uh, 87 last year. Uh, but you even look at the assist numbers too. Like Devin Booker isn't truly a seven assist guy a night. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a player that when you think of a seven assist guy, you think of you know someone who's effectively moving the ball. Like LeBron James. LeBron James throughout his career has averaged seven assists per game. Mm-hmm. Completely different ways that ball moves and that ball yep. you know gets to those assists. And and that's something that we even talked about with these draft prospects. Um, the fact that you know uh, I think it was John Morant and and someone was saying you know. Uh, ja has you know five turnovers per right. game, uh, so that makes him you know he's he's not a capable one. Well, it's like sometimes you know you either are turning the ball over because you're forcing it a ton mm-hmm. and you're trying to make the most out of your your talent uh, that you do have your, on your team, yep. and then even with you know the assist, like you can just make one pass to a cutting guy, um, you know, in an ISO formation, and then you know, it's nothing that you're doing. You're just ISO, and you see a guy open, and you make a pass that anyone can make. Right. Um, so. Again, I don't think of Devin Booker as a guy who's actually ever going to put up seven assists as a number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he is a number one per se either, just because, like Jake said, you know, he hasn't hit that big shot because he hasn't mm-hmm. been in that big moment. We don't know what he'll be like in that big moment. But with Jimmy Butler, that I think I did overlook, he was hitting those big shots. He was in those moments, and he was rising to the occasion. And that's something that he's continued to do. Um, and obviously, he did it in Philadelphia twice in, you know, when he came back. Um, yeah. He did it in Minnesota as well, and he led that team. I don't know if he has that next level gear to him. So right now, I would say no. Can he? Yes, because he's only 22 years old. Um, but again, I think that I'm going to need to see more out of Devin Booker before I say he is the number one on an NBA championship team. Um, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I'm. I don't know if he'll be a number one on a championship team. It's just that's a lot to put on a, well, on a 20 well, year old. Well, it's it's but not, it's not really on, like is he the number one on a team? On this Phoenix team going forward for the next couple of years, absolutely. But like, that's I don't different because this team, this team, no, this team I would sucks. say like if I think they if became play, like a playoff, playoff team, like in Phoenix, if, if they're a championship contender, do you think just this is any team, any yeah. team, do you think that Devin Booker can be on a championship contending team as a number one player? Can he be like a Steph Curry, like a Jimmy <sighs> Butler, like a Joel Embiid, like a LeBron James, Kevin yeah. Durant, Russell Westbrook? You're, you're naming a lot of Anthony really great Davis. players, like and I don't Derek know if he can be. I don't, I don't think is he, he ever going to be great? Uh, is he going to be very good? Good. He will be very good. I'll, I'll go very good. He's not going to be—I don't know that he'll be great because, like, like Jake was saying, it's volume scoring, volume numbers on a terrible team, and until we see this team hit playoff mode— like if they get there next year, if they get the year the mm-hmm. year after, like when we see this team hit forty plus wins and be in the race for the playoffs, mm-hmm. that's when we get to see who he is. 
Like, I don't think we'll have an answer on this one for the next two, three years, probably because I don't foresee this team being a competitive towards a championship team until they fill out this roster with actual talent. Well, and for me, when we did a couple weeks ago, the best fits for the Suns when Mm -hmm. it comes to the draft. Right. And of course we throw out the joke like Zion Williamson. Good night, everybody. But really to me, Zion is the guy for Phoenix. Like any other, all the other ones, it's like, Oh, if I don't get Zion, like I can get RJ, I can get Cam. But the reason why I say that is what Zion is going to bring with him. Mm -hmm. The kind of like, he's bringing the cameras, he's bringing the lights, he's bringing the hype. All the cameras are going to be on him. That might be good for dev book. Like, Hey, you know what? I've been under the spotlight so much in Phoenix where people look at Phoenix, look at the struggles. Who's the first one they look to? Me. Zion can be the hype machine, be the one to suck in mm. all that attention. DeAndre Ayton, maybe if they start winning, that can he can play well if that connection works with him and Zion, mm-hmm. makes him excited. And Devin Booker can kind of be a little bit out of the limelight and just be Devin Booker. And just let like, but that'd be a thing of hmm. does Devin Booker want to be <laughs> the one of the sons? I feel like you have feelings on this. Well, and just the last thing I, I, I want to say things. is, does Devin Booker want to be the one or would he be yes. OK with somebody coming in and being like, no, 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 I'm going to be the number one on this team and stepping aside and being the number two. Go wow. ahead, Jake. Oh, God, it's about the hot take season. Thank you. All right. Well, um, well, talking about Zion. I had this conversation with Sean. I don't think Zion's ever going to be the best player on a championship team. I don't think that's his role. I just don't. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands for most of the game. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy who's going to be taking the last shot because he's like Ben Simmons. He's a better shooter than Ben Simmons, but he's not a consistent shooter. I mean, Devin Booker is that kind of guy who's going to take the last shot, but are you comfortable with the ball in his hands for the last two minutes and him not turning the ball over? The other thing I, I wanted to say was, I think DeAndre Ayton has the bigger chance of being a superstar than Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is a star. I don't think he's a superstar. I don't think he's that next level. I think DeAndre Ayton, I mean, direct comparison to Joel Embiid, I think he look he looks very good. He's shooting 58% in his rookie year. I think it's more of the system, which is why people are kind of doubting him and thinking that he's not great because he's not getting the ball in the post. He's having the Joel Embiid effect. He's not getting the ball in the post enough, and he's getting the ball in the perimeter a lot, and that doesn't, he, that doesn't play to his strength. And then also, Sean brought up the name – I know when you get the number one pick, you're supposed to take the best player available, but I don't think I'm crazy in saying that John Morant is literally the perfect fit for this team. I don't think Zion, another ball-dominant guy, especially with Igor's system, is another ball-dominant guy going to help him with that ball movement that they need with Booker, Aiton, and Zion. I think John Morant is literally the absolute perfect fit for them, but again, if they get the number one pick, I'm going to highly doubt they take John Morant. Should they trade the pick then? Depends what they can trade down. Trade with back, I mean, yeah. yeah. Trade back because I don't think yeah. you take Jot number one. Oh, no, more part in the pick room. <laughs> hold on, if they get the number one pick, they're not trading it. They're taking yeah, they're, yeah. Zion Williamson. Have we ever seen a one traded out of? Do you remember Mark Fultz? Mark Fultz. <laughs> I think wow. that's the dig you're trying. I thought you were trying to I dig was, at Jake. No, Dave's just stupid. <laughs> I, I was blanking. Um, I was blanking. I thought that was a dig at Jake. Nope. No, <laughs> but, it would have been great for us to dig at Jake. I was literally like blank. I forgot this last year. No, but no, go ahead. I, I would say I understand Zion's like he's a transcendent player. He's great. He's generational talent. But like I mean, I'll like him to Ben Simmons. I don't think Ben Simmons will ever be the best player on a championship team. I think he's a really, really, really good number two. I don't think he's number one. And I like I Devin Booker could be number one. We just don't know yet. I don't think Zion's ever going to be the guy who is, he might have the most attention on him. 
but I don't think he's the best player on the team. Here's the thing, real quick. Um, I agree with you in some parts, and I, I disagree here in some parts, but one thing I do want to ask is, I think that was the one point that Ricky was trying to get to with the whole, you know, Zion is not going to be a ball handler. He's not going to be a ball. He's not going to be. Uh, he's going to be a ball dominant guy, um, and he's not going to be the guy. But he's also not going to be the guy who takes the last minute shot. I think that's something where Devin Booker could take over, and Devin Booker could be that guy who does that um, for them, kind of like Jimmy Butler. You know, maybe Joe is the number one on the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. I mean, they have so much fucking talent. It's tough to see who is a, a true number one on mm-hmm. that team. Um, but even then, like you know, is Ben the most valuable? Is Jimmy the most valuable? Is Joe the most valuable? It could just be something where you know Aiton does turn into a guy who is a monster down low. He's a guy that you know absolutely dominates there. Devin Booker turns into the offensive side of Jimmy Butler, and then Zion turns into I don't think he'll ever be the passer that Ben Simmons is, and I agree with you there. Um, but maybe he does t- turn into that person who does keep the ball moving. He does keep the defense waiting and, and, and patient because you know how explosive he can be. Um, I think that, again, if you are the number one, if you're in the number one spot, there's no way you cannot take Zion Williamson. Yeah. I think that goes for any I team. I agree. Um, and, and I have changed my mind about that because I know I was I was trying to make mm-hmm. a, a case for RJ. Um, but I, I think it I, I think it, it's it's tough to not go with that. And maybe if they're not number one, then you go John Morant. Uh, but I, I think that Zion does end up being a, a better fit when you think about it. But then again, I don't know if... Devin Booker and Aiton can work together. I don't know if Aiton and Zion would be able to work together. Um, and I don't know if Devin Booker and Zion could work together. So uh, I, have, I have questions even about what this team's going to look yeah. like in three years. And, mm-hmm. and whether that's whether Igor is the coach or, or not the coach. But uh, yeah. let's what, what's up? I was going to say, I couldn't, like, what is the floor spacing going to be if you have DeAndre, Zion, and Devin Booker? Like, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I could be pessimistic. I just, I, I don't, and the, I, this, I, like I said, I think. The thing is, the spacing's fine right now with the Sixers, right? I mean, even before Ben, uh, before Jimmy came, I mean, it, it was fine because you know Ben isn't a guy that is working all the way, you know always in the post. Same with Joe. Joe's not always working in the post. Um, but for the Suns, for the Suns. But Zion, no, I, I know, DeAndre, I know. But I'm saying, okay. like, I'm saying that Ben Simmons, even though he can't shoot, is not always okay. working in the post. Zion's going to be the same way. Mm-hmm. He's going to be working on the wing. And DeAndre Ayton, he's not always working in the post. So I think the spacing can be cleared out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even Booker, Booker, you know, can work from the outside. Yeah. He can drive in. He could, he could, you know, run ISO, um, you know, offensively. So I'm just saying, like, they can create that space, even though none of them are three-point shooters. Yeah. And we really haven't seen Ayton take a three. Um, but he, he had some res- resemblance of AJ. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, again, they, that could be knocked out because these guys are so young mm-hmm. that, you know, even – you know, Zion. Zion's not a great shooter, but he's you know better than a Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, so I think that there is a mold to say that you can still have floor spacing and still have the ability to, you know, be a decent team that's in, in the modern NBA without having great shooters. And you do have guys like Dev Book, TJ Warren, Ubre, Mikhail that can <laughs> well, like TJ Warren just start making three. That can just but he's making spread an incredible it out. clip. I know. Like right yeah. now it's been like those are guys that you're hoping, hey, can help spread the floor out. And especially like I look at a guy at Mikhail Bridges as he develops as an NBA player, like we were drafting him and putting him in mocks as the perfect three and D type player. Like he comes in for it. his defense <laughs> and his threes. Like that's what all the scouts were looking at when it came to him. So it's like they got guys that can help space the floor, even if they've got DeAndre and Zion. All right. Dave, what do you think? I just think that uh, you guys are starting to change my mind as far as uh, DeAndre being the number one on that team and his potential, and that maybe they should, you know. It, the, the big thing with him is obviously his engagement, and like I feel kind of bad because mm-hmm. we picked on him early in the draft process about that, 
Um, Can and a number now, one have that kind of attitude, though? I don't think so. And now it's biting them in the back. I think a lot of it's losing. It, you get disinterested when you lose. And like, but, but a true, but, but a true uh, leader. That's what would, I was trying yeah. to say. Cannot say words, Ricky. Okay. Cannot say words. <laughs> a true leader wouldn't. A true mm-hmm. leader wouldn't get disinterested in basketball because it's his passion. You would see him out there yelling and screaming at his teammates like great leaders do in the NBA. Like that's that's how you motivate as a leader mm-hmm. at that level. And his disinterest shows a lack of passion in my mind. And I want to write it off to being a young kid. I think that's in my mind. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that behalf because like it's the Suns. They've been losing for years. Why would one person change that? Well, you look at other teams that have had highly impactful draft picks. And one guy can make a difference in the NBA. That's that's low of impact. There's only five guys on the court from your team at once. And one-fifth of that can can change the world. So I think that this Suns team needs to... Honestly, I think Igor needs to evolve his game plan. I think his offense needs to change to better fit around Aiton. And I think that they, as a team, need to realize that Melton is probably the guy that they're going to go with in the future. They, in the last five games, have five or six games, have given him some more run room, and he's been playing okay. I just think it. I think Igor's got one more year. Well, I think it's literally he's on the clock for the end of next year because this roster won't look anything like it does right now at this point in time next year. So like, yeah, but then I, mind, but then I question you. Even look what happened with Hornacek. You look what happened with Earl Watson. I mean, like they have not had stability in the head coaching spot at all. Right. And I think that they're if you believe in the guy, then you have to give him three years at, at the middle. So you're, you're because on the Fred Hoiberg role then. Like, we will struggle through bad sure. because we're hoping that at some point but, something will but click. But even with Fred, and we'll talk, we, we talked about this already, it's just we saw three different iterations of the same team, mm-hmm. yeah. and they were like, oh, well, we don't like the, the, the culture that he's building. Mm-hmm. So if you like the culture he's building, then, yeah, struggle. Because, if you again, if you believe in the mm-hmm. coach, which I don't think Garpax and, and, and uh, you know, Jack, yeah. Jack, I don't think they fully did at the end, um, if you believe in him right now, then give him that time because it's going to be good for DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good for Devin Booker. It's going to be good for whoever we pick this year to grow under the same coach. So if you believe in the guy, you believe in the culture, you have to stick with him because mm-hmm. you can't just keep firing guys, firing guys, firing guys. It'd be like Devin Booker's fourth coach. He's been, yeah. he's only 23 after this year. So mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing with that is if he if you believe in him and you see that he's making necessary changes and he's connecting with the guys, which we don't fully know if he that he is or not, mm-hmm. then I think you can stick with him. But if he's not doing any of that, then you can can him. And I don't mean to throw this kind of pipe on out there because um, it's a loaded question of I think it comes down to what's the problem? the coach or kind of what Dave was hitting with DeAndre, but you can also bring Dev book into this because like you had mentioned, Sean, even when he signed that extension, it wasn't like that same attitude that like Giannis had where Giannis is Milwaukee is my home. And this is what I want to like. I am here for this city. Like haven't got that same vibe from Devin Booker. Is it the coach's fault or does this team have a true leader on it? And I mean, yes, it's the team is young, so they they're all growing Trevor together. Be that leader. And look at what happened. Well, Trevor Even Reza he was got also disinterested. like that's another thing. Like, there's, <laughs> what does I that don't, say? I don't think the coach is the problem with the Phoenix Suns. Wait, that's even what that, I think Tyson Chandler left too. And, yeah, I mean, Crawford, Crawford's, Crawford's quitting on your team. Crawford's the only guy that so far has been mm-hmm. on that team. Is that it is a veteran? That's a statement. That he's a veteran on the team. And Ryan Anderson. He's on Ryan the team. literally got benched. Yeah. But he's on the team. Yeah, I don't know about that. Doesn't have an option. I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's, he's getting paid nineteen million dollars to not play basketball. Amir Seek is also on a team, but not really. Um, final thoughts. Uh, we'll go to Jake first. Um, I would like you brought up Fred Hoiberg. I would bring it 
back to uh, Kokoskov. I think that's how you say it. Um, Fuck, dude, your guess is, is better being, than mine. Igor. <laughs> he is being set up for failure, and they don't have a GM, which is almost better than having Garpax as your GM. But I just think that <laughs> I think he's being set up for failure. I think he's lost the locker room, and when you lose the locker room, and when you can't get your own players motivated to play, that's on the coach. I blame the coach. I know the players might be unwilling to play like DeAndre Ayton, but that comes down to the coach. You have to get him motivated, no whether you're four and twenty-five or twenty-five and four. And getting the locker room back is probably one of the hardest things to do in pro sports. So if he, I give him probably till the end of this year, maybe the middle of next year. And I mean, I don't trust Melton. I don't think he's a future point guard. So I don't know where they're going to go. I think the Suns are just a, he- a heaping pile of trash right he, now. He might get in a wow. whole 85 games like Earl Watson. That's not r- wrong. They are a heaping pile of trash right now. I mean, the owners are already threatening to move. The players don't want to play. The coaches don't want to coach. Uh, I mean, I don't think that statement's wrong. Dave, final thoughts? I think that I would not start looking to kick Igor out until we see what James Jones can do with a full offseason and what they can what they can do building a team towards Igor. Because you gotta remember, like the sign of Igor, we all thought that was like day one was like, oh, Luca's going to the Suns. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, we Aiton was too much to pass up on. Yeah. Fair. But they didn't really have a roster around that. So I want to see like an offseason with Igor in mind and what they can do with all these young assets. And even with that, you know, they build out this roster, they get an offseason, maybe they just do what they did to Ryan McDonough and just be like, oh hey, Thanks. Two weeks before the game, two weeks before the season starts will fire. Uh, Ricky, final thoughts? My final thoughts is Igor's not the problem. I think that right now they're a young team, and it's Igor's first year. Rome wasn't built in a day, and I think eventually it's going to be the question will turn not just like – first it's going to be like you said with the culture. You're right on the nail on the head. But also it's going to be turned to Devin Poker and be like, hey – what are you like? Are you the number one of this team? Are you the leader? Because if they keep struggling, eventually they're going to hit a wall where it's like, all right, we got to try to move you because we're going to lose you at the end of this extension. Eventually, I hope the Caesar of Rome, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Robert Sarver, uh, gets uh, canned in some way. Possibly. How do you oust an owner? I don't know. Maybe they leak some racist shit. I, you got to do something. Yeah. These the, yeah. the Phoenix Suns fans deserve it, better than Robert Sarver. Sarver. I like, honestly wouldn't be surprised. Or if he does what Michael Jordan did to Malik Monk, just just hit him on the back of the head. Yeah, that would also he I don't think I don't think Sarver shows up to the games like Jordan does. No, yeah, um, no. especially not sitting courtside. Um, my final thoughts outside of that though is uh, Jake. What do you want for Marcus Morris in fantasy? Um, you want to do Drummond for Marcus Morris straight up? You can take him, dude. I honestly don't pay attention. <laughs> Giddy up. Trade's going in All right. right now. Cool. That's going to do it for uh, the Fast Break Podcast. And then we're going to end on a high note. We're going to end on the high note of on we got trade. Drummond off our team. And guess what? Marcus Morris shooting 86% from the free throw line. Hey, I'll take it. Boom. All right. We want to thank Jake for joining us. As always, Jake, it was a fun time. We are closing in on that uh, exclusive and, 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 and elaborate uh, March uh, Patreon podcast, which we are extremely oh excited about. Um, if you do want to be on a podcast like Jake, check out patreon.com slash most value podcast. Uh, thank you again to Jake, for Ricky, for Dave. I'm Sean Anderson. We want to thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts.